0: This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, friend, then you're in the right place, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, Assassin's Creed Origins got played. That was a, that was a unique treat. We'll share that, uh, share that with you in a moment. Star Wars Battlefield 2 is currently blowing up the internet, eating a loot box shit sandwich on the interweb. Weed is the new craft beer, Uh, Nintendo, optimistic as ever, is upping their Switch production. The Darkest Dungeon was delved, and Metroid Samus Returns got played, and plenty of other jazz. We'll uh, we'll also be settling in for a smoke sesh with our Strain and our Munchie of the Week, so stick around for that because it's going to be a good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me, as always, is Dank Dan. What's happening, Captain? Ooh, that was forceful. Feels like we're about to take a ship together. Shiver me timbers. Ooh, shiver me all the way up my spine. I felt more sensual than I wanted it to. Gee, you say that, but that the
1: winking that you're giving me now shows me it's just enough.
0: Mm, playing footsie's under the table is what all professional podcasters do, Dan. You'd take, uh, you'd, you'd be good to notice.
1: Um, well, we're alone, so we could go
0: over the table with this one. <laughs> over the table and under the shirt. <laughs> oh no! Oh, to grandmother's house we go. Oh, well, hey, well, welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid Land. Dan, how was your week, buddy? It's been, I I literally I have not spoken to you almost at all this week because you've been waking up at what, 4 a.m.? Yeah, it's been a strong
1: week of uh, before dawn wake ups, which means I'm a sleepy boy today, but uh, that's okay. We're going to punch this thing up to 11. and we're going to blast off
0: episode two. Do you do you blast off after punching at 211 or do you take off first and then punch at 211?
1: These are logistical questions that I just can't share with you. You need an operational security level of top secret or
0: above. So I'm just going to sure. def-
1: defer you to our civilian officer. Thanks for coming out, though.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, that was very, very thorough. <laughs> very thorough. Yeah, man. So what's been, uh, what's been going on for you this week?
1: You know, um, there has been some... Uh, Long hours worked, Mm -hmm. um, but that didn't stop me from um, feeding my my newest addiction, Darkest Dungeon, which I'm happy to be talking about a little bit uh, later on in the podcast. Uh Um, And uh, we went through the adventures of uh, acquiring a new cell phone for for my sweet, sweet miss, a journey into... uh, deep into my wallet as oh, a new uh, yeah. cell phone is purchased. Mm. I think we've all been there.
0: They want more money. You'd like to keep some of your money. <laughs> they're against that, it. Yeah, they're they're against generally against you keeping any of your money. They they go. I notice your
1: bank account has a positive balance. We just can't abide by that. Send money, then send more. <laughs> we'll tell you when to stop.
0: Yeah, I I regularly get smacked with a uh, with a six to eight hundred dollar phone bill for a lot of reasons, and uh, none of them are good. Calling Cambodia (laughs) at midnight? I mean, you're not far off. Okay. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear it, man. Um, Yeah, I recently just refurbished my own phone here. It had smashed in about 1,600 different places, Mm -hmm, um, as as iPhones do love to do. And Hmm. so, uh, you know, I I went out and repaired it for $200, and here I've got it back, and it's already got a crack in it. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, that is unlucky. Let me. Uh, you know, I'm not unlucky. I'm just. Uh, I'm just uninclined towards um, keeping a phone in good condition.
1: Knock on wood. Um, this particular iPhone six has been a loyal compatriot of mine for three years almost. Oh, I th- bless I think. you. And that's uh, like a world record. And like, I haven't been gentle with it. There have been some drops, mm. but I did ab- abandon the practice of like just throwing it around sure i I've, you may recall i broke a phone because i was literally flipping it in my hand and uh like
0: for hours they've got fidget spinners for that now
1: yeah um and medication <laughs> and uh <laughs> i
0: dropped it right onto the the tile ground and it shattered and all i could think to myself is i deserve that yep that was uh that's 600 dollars that i genuinely did not deserve to keep
1: yeah, you, you know you make some 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 mistakes in this life and that one was avoidable i have done the thing where i I'm like working and i I'm doing something, I pull my phone out of my pocket' because the phone's the the call's coming in, mm-hmm. and it's like tangled up with money, and as I pull it out, I lose grip on it, and it starts to become airborne, and in my last ditch effort to grab it as if i I literally throw it at the ground right that's <laughs> and it's just a a comedy of errors because if you ask me, is it optimal to baseball pitch your highly breakable, priceless? life arranger at the ground i would say ideally no ideally you would
0: want to keep that in your pocket with the money
1: you know we all should be doing we should all be doing that spaceman spiff business guy douchebag thing where we have like a clip on our belt
0: you know there was a reason that that was a thing for a long time but now is relegated only to 50 plus year old men because if we were all doing that the phone companies would be out of business there, I think the human race would be out of business because <laughs> absolutely zero people will be getting
1: any fascine. No, any there's time. no, yeah,
0: there's there's no sex appeal in wearing that bad boy on your. Um,
1: belt. as George Carlin says, as the he sees a guy with a his phone on his clip and his
0: his headset on, and he's like, "Hey there, spaceman! Looks like you got some free ants to juggle my balls. Get over here!" <laughs> well, God bless George Carlin. <laughs> Speaking of fancy and expensive electronic a- apparatus, 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 is that the yeah? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. I recently ordered a Da Vinci IQ. Are oh. you familiar? A Dan Brown's newest novel? No, that is mm, decidedly not. Oh. Um, no, the uh, the Da Vinci IQ is a is a vaporizer p- put out by Da Vinci, of course, manufactured by Da Vinci, which is like. It's got me so excited, dude. I, I can't tell you. So it's like the sexiest, sleekest-looking thing that I've ever seen. I want to put it in my pocket. I want to have it with me always. And there's a good reason for that because I love to smoke weed, but it's not always appropriate to do so. Got to keep that of, on the yeah, low. Got to go keep loud. it on the low. You're in a mall, probably can't smoke weed. They don't love in it. A subway, maybe don't do that no hospital they still really against it so yeah. all of those things uh, being said i would love to be able to whip out my da vinci iq mm. and um you know go vape go 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 take a little bathroom bake which you know what i'm talking about which is the
1: iq the one with the like flavor chamber
0: so yeah that's actually like the neat feature of it so basically you know the da vinci iq it's a, it's a vaporizer like many others however it has and i cannot remember the name of the metal it's some fancy space metal is it is it L- molybdium? Molyb- yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. W- let me let me get back to you on that one. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the chamber inside is made of this completely inert metal that transfers no zero flavor mm. um, elements or doesn't alter the flavor mm. of the uh, of the vapor at all. So tainted smoke. Yeah, so you know, maybe our maybe our smoke sesh analysis will get, <laughs> will get a little bit more uh more, more granular than, it didn't make me cough my eyes out. You mean we'll have nothing to hide behind? Yeah. It'll just be us and the gaping void of ignorance that lay b- before us? <laughs> well, listen, man, you know, everyone started somewhere. That's right. But, um, yeah, no, the, f- the flavor chamber is really cool. So you've got the, you've got the actual chamber where the, the, the ground-up herb mm-hmm. is being converted into vapor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called the oven, although... I love it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then on top of that, there's an extra compartment called the flavor chamber. And so the thought behind it is that you would throw your, um, the nug, right that you have left of that specific strain into mm-hmm. the flavor chamber, mm-hmm. and you got two things going on. First of all, the vapor is passing through that nug, grabbing even more of the, let's call it, terpenes, perhaps whatever, whatever or the, or the magic weed juice, if you will, <laughs> if you will, uh, from that flavor chamber, infusing your vapor so that it tastes better and probably has a little bit more THC in it. Yeah. And then similarly, or, or cannabinoids of whatever size shape or flavor you're talking Dropping about all the lingo Ooh, all the big words i'm, all the I'm, $5 getting, dollar ones. I'm getting moist mm, so you know actually sidebar moist is like the least favorite word of the human population
1: yeah yeah it sounds all right
0: i've never had a problem with moist It
1: sounds people don't like moist unless you say something like a qualifier this is some moist chicken Everybody right, loves everyone's moist, in chicken. For moist chicken moist chocolate cake Everybody's down with that, but yeah. if I said moist blanket, that's what yeah, you're thinking. There you go. Oh, it's it's you know when you get you touch something, and you don't know if it's cold or it's wet or if it's both.
0: Mm. That's the worst mystery. The, you no one wants that mystery. No, that's the no. worst mystery. Just yeah. let's get that
1: word moist out of our head with my favorite word swivel.
0: Swivel, I like it. It's it's playful. It's action oriented. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it's in motion. Yeah, constantly. And anyway, back to the Da Vinci yeah. IQ. So the flavor chamber. So you got you got you got the extra weed flavor on the way out, right? But now you've also got a nug that's been infused by the very vapor that you were vaping, uh-huh. and so the nug goes back into the into the oven after you're done vaping the ground plant matter. You're you're having your next your next session, yeah. And you've got some now infused it's been weed. Double infused. It's been double infused. So oh it's my. like you're done du- now. I don't know if it's like it's you know the this is like. Some next-level science shit, because weed plus weed equals better weed, apparently. That's, I know that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the marketing has sold me. So I'm really excited. Let me ask you, are they sure. a sponsor? Uh, they
1: should be. Yeah, like da Vinci, then-
0: if you're listening, we would, we would love to And be until sponsored.
1: then, no more free fl- plug. That's Shut it, it down. I'm buying one. We, we might even have to bleep it out. All the listeners wait for the sponsor to hit, then pick one
0: up. Mm, that's it. There all you right. go.
1: Are we pre? Is that pre-selling out? Pre. Uh, listen, man, <laughs> we're
0: always always be closing the ABC of uh, of of podcasting. Huh. Yeah, there you go. I'm just I watched Glenn so Gary, Glenn Ross once. I think I know pretty much everything there is to know about selling.
1: Well, coffee's for closers, Andy.
0: Uh, I don't drink coffee. That's a lie. I drink a lot of coffee. I
1: don't know why you went there. I, I tried to, like... I just tr- be yeah.
0: contrary. Yeah. Well, um, it wasn't contrary. I was trying to, trying to you know, one-up you in, in some sort of way, but it just... It'll just, happen. It never Hold happens.
1: On. Don't stop believing.
0: Mmm. Hold on to that feeling. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited for the... I'm, I'm genuinely excited for my Da Vinci to arrive. That means that next week, we're going to throw some of the herb into that chamber, and we're going to have our little flavor... I think I just finished saying, no more promotion listen man i'm excited you, they, you have a side deal with these people I, don't you <laughs> i am of the lawyers i <laughs> think could only afford to cut one royalty check and my name starts with an a episode so. t- episode two is where it really all unraveled that's the, ban- know, the band really got into trouble then <laughs> oh goodness score speaking of which Scorny. Sc- sweet strains this week
1: um i'd have a couple mm. i forget the names so I'm just going to make one up. I got... Um,
0: no, shut up. I bought some blueberry this week, and it's fantastic. <laughs> no, we're not going to bullshit land, because I got some really fucking good blueberry weed that I need to talk about. It hit me. It smells like blueberry. It tastes like blueberry. It glued me to my couch and made me feel like, you know, the warm happiness, all the warm happiness in the universe as if had channeled were, into my body.
1: As if you are rooted on the side of a mountain over a great lake.
0: Listen, man, there's something to be said. It's like with wine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can talk, or even scotch, or, you know, any of these uh any of these alcoholic uh, appreciative beverages mm-hmm. where you can say oh i taste i taste the delicate notes of shoe leather and right? honeysuckle honeysuckle or you know there's an undertone of mint there yeah and that's all good and well but at the end of the day sometimes you just want your fucking wine to taste like fruit yeah you just want it to taste like something good yeah yeah i don't want to be licking a shoe tonight i yeah. want to be chilling with no some questions yeah asked. no question so Blueberry weed is exactly that. Yeah. You know, haven't smoked a lot of blueberry in the past. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I'm a convert and we will probably be featuring it on the uh, on the show in the near future, although our analysis of the flavor profile is probably going to be pretty one note. I like to give you a spoiler. It's going to be blueberry. I love it. Mm.
1: Take all the mystery away and get into the party. <laughs> and it is
0: blueberry. And now for our sponsors, this episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by. Can you guess, Dan? Weed and video games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still Uh, that one. Every time. Gotcha. Every time. Every time. Uh, And browsing the internet on your phone while walking. Because getting
1: hit by a car is part of the experience.
0: Bleached tilapia. Because sometimes
1: white isn't white enough. Am I right? (laughs) Nicely played. The Reading Rainbow. Oh, LeVar
0: Burton. LeVar Burton? LeVar Burton. Are you just... That's it. You're just gonna p- you're just gonna pine over <laughs> LeVar Burton. I just really like LeVar Burton. I mean, that's okay. I would, I would go on safari. Listen, when I Levar like Mel Burden. Gibson. I'm not gonna whisper his name under my breath. Well, then you
1: obviously don't Mel like Gibson. Mel Gibson the way I like LeVar Burton, and that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. It's the differences that make us special.
0: Too much perfume in an elevator. I don't like you. <laughs> that's very blunt. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you would say to someone who was wearing too much perfume in an elevator? Um. Yeah, what probably. do you do in that instance? You know what? it's Listen, a temporary discomfort, but it can be really offensive. Wh- it,
1: it becomes bo at that point, right. right? Because when the b leaves and the o stays, mm, you've done too much. Too There's much. been too much there. But like, all you can do is shout
0: angrily at the perfume at that. that point. That is a lovely fragrance. Must you bathe in it? That's the wor- That's the most scathing. Way to ruin someone's day I've ever heard. I mean, they know what they're doing. That's a form of terrorism. Like, I have to breathe this air. It's one of the only things
1: I have to do, and you've sullied it with your fucking guess for men.
0: Yes, absolutely. Guess (laughs) for men. Guess for men. (laughs) Uh, Wrinkle-free horse hair pants. Uh, Made for horses, by horses, out of horses. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, if you actually want to sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with this nonsense. <coughs> All right. So, Dan, I played Assassin's Creed Origin over the last uh, over the last week, uh, and it was a treat. Let me ask you. Have you ever played an Assassin's Creed game?
1: I've got in, on, and around an a- Assassin's Creed. Uh,
0: is, that is a really indirect way of answering my question. Have you ever played one?
1: I feel like that's very direct. I've indicated how many ways I've got onto it. Okay. And it's an apt uh, comparison, because what are we doing in Assassin's Creed? Are we going in?
0: We're going over. Are we going over? We're going under. And
1: we're going, well, not really under.
0: Not a whole lot of under, I surprisingly. Mean, yeah. That yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Unless you're getting under our protagonist, am I right? Hey, hey-oh. Anyway, moving on. Um, that is a disapproving gaze, <laughs> Please, don't take, <laughs> email me like that. Um, but yeah, so you've you played, so full disclosure, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game before. Fresh to the series. Yeah, fresh to the series. And I'll be honest with you, I thought I was going to hate it. A uh, couple things. I haven't been a super giant fan of single player games, single player action games on, uh, on consoles in the recent past. For the main reason that, you know, I, I rarely, very, fi- very rarely find myself... Um, with enough enthusiasm to carry my way through it, has to have a really powerful storyline, and I find that that usually, you know, lands more in the camp of like an RPG, right? Uh-huh. So a single player action game usually not my jam. And as well, like the theme is somewhat appealing of being an assassin and skulking around and killing things, but I always just equated that to being like a hitman game or a thief game or a combination of the two, and neither of those th- games have ever really spoken to me. So Assassin's Creed was something that I wasn't super excited about trying, but it's a brand new game, and I was like, hell with it. Might as well jump in, see how it went. Man, I was blown away. Have you have you seen anything about uh origins? Yeah, I've seen some of the media on it. Looks,
1: looks, looks just fantastic. Looks like a very rich theme. And it looks like
0: this we might be dealing with an origin of some kind. Ooh, there's some origins there. Uh here, there, and, and everywhere. Over, under. There's under again. Um, yeah, no, it's it's so the premise of the game is that this killer, Bayek, and I don't know yet because I'm not f- far enough into the story, but uh, ostensibly he's an assassin mm-hmm. <laughs> from, mm-hmm. what I, from what I'm gathering. It follows a creed of some kind. <laughs> there's a creed there. There's some assassinations to be had for sure. Uh, and so he's serving up revenge cold in the setting, which is ancient Egypt. And so, you know, when I think of th- Assassin's Creed, it's very like um, 17th century Europe. I understand there's been a couple games that uh, even butt up towards like World War II and stuff like that. And the Renaissance as well. Yeah, Yeah. Italy. And so this was, this was, I understand, a a pretty big diversion from the series in general. Um, Seeing ancient Egypt rendered in like full HD uh, to the level of detail that they've, that Ubisoft has put into this game is amazing. So not my favorite setting, not my favorite subject matter. And yet, Totally sucked in right away. One of, the, uh, one of the, early, uh, the early moments of the game is you're riding on a camel and you come to the peak of like, some sand dunes and you're looking over the town of Siwa, which is I guess where your, your character Bayek is from. And it's like this panorama of a desert oasis. You can see like mountains off in the distance. There's, pardon me, there's foliage that's just kind of littering the desert. And it's just a unique scene in a video game that I haven't really seen before. So, yeah, I mean, they, they totally nailed it with the aesthetic. Um, so maybe you can tell me, because I haven't played, again, an Assassin's Creed game before. Um, known for the graphics, for sure, but, like, the, the, the structure of the game. Can you speak to it a bit?
1: In terms of the mechanics?
0: Yeah, I mean, so <coughs> here, like, it was far more open world than I expected. It felt like a, like a Grand Theft Auto with, with a, a bunch so more features added
1: one on One of the, the hallmarks of, of Assassin's Creed, and I, I got started on, on the first Assassin's Creed, is the... Um, City that they've created um, is not only realistic and expansive, but it's period—it's period accurate, right down to the individual um, neighborhoods. Um, You know, in with with the the one that took place in Italy, they had a lot of source material to go off. In fact, a lot of those buildings are standing still today. Um, and existed into antiquity. Um, and I wonder if it was a little bit more of a challenge going back to, I think it's like 600 A.D. Egypt, um, because I'm, I'm sure that it's a little bit more challenging to get those layouts. But there's such a commitment to rendering those worlds in a realistic way. I mean, uh, save for the 100-foot s- story drops into hay bales. but um, And the the climbing mechanic right from the beginning Looks so seamless and real like just to be able to run at something and climb it in a way that makes sense blew me away then and and still blows me away
0: now yeah well so so that's actually the the one thing that kind of totally threw me for a loop in this new assassin's creed is that the verticality of the game is like uh i just i wasn't used to it right Mm -hmm. so to give you an idea, you spend a lot of time running away from from guards or soldiers. You know, I, I don't actually remember what, you know, who they're affiliated or why. I think they're affiliated with the pharaoh, whatever. Anyway, they'll they'll decide that you're no good and they'll chase you. You know, uh, with the intent of cutting your head off. And yet there was this one moment where I ran directly into a wall. I pressed X. I jumped onto the wall and clambered all the way up a building. And this building was multifaceted. It had different like ledges. It had different, um, you know, elements of elevation. And it just didn't look like the kind of building that you would be able to climb all over. You, you know, you would expect, uh, or my, my video game senses, I guess at this point are honed towards, I gotta find the climbing point, right? Where's the, where's the spot that I press X and grab onto the ladder and, or the, the vine or whatever and climb up. This is literally the most vertical game I've ever played. And it's really cool, it's really freeing. It makes the game feel exponentially bigger because you're dealing with, um, with three-dimensional space like, you ha- like I haven't before. So, yeah, I found that really cool. And the, the, the what's amazing is that the animations are smooth.
1: It looks natural. And when they climb, you go, that makes sense. That's exactly how you, you would go about it. I mean, with a little bit of license of the climbing ability, because, you know, he rolled an 18 for climbing, uh, a natural 20, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> you know, but uh, <laughs> I, I, what I also always liked about um, Assassin's Creed was the... Conversations you could overhear because there's like a sort of a, a live populace milling about, and you know I picture you know some some trader like looking around. He's like, "Where did I park camel?"
0: it's kind of exactly like that actually that's what kind of blew me away i actually figured it was more of a mission-based game but it's not it's very much open map um you know there's quest markers on the map where you can go and start picking up and 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 in that way i actually really respect the way that it introduces you into the game Mm -hmm. there's very quick pacing right i don't have time to get bored because there's always something for me to go and do and i don't feel like i'm on a railroad track i've got lots of options and everything that i engage in is engaging there's a story there. So, you know, I'll give you an example. There was a, uh, a mission to go and recover a couple medicine bottles from the bottom of a lake, right? And in any, you know, it, oftentimes if there's not enough of a veneer of story or personality around a task like that, it's literally, like the mechanics of it are literally go to A, get B, return to C. <laughs> you know what i mean and that is that you know, that can that's the kind of thing that you have one quest like that that wastes 15 minutes of your time and you're out of that game in two seconds but the story wrapped around it and the character that positioned it you know some medicine lady who's healing the people and the medicine has been stolen by the evil pharaoh's guards and you know they dropped it in the bottom of a lake and please go try and find it and you know then you're returning it to her at the temple but the temple's been occupied by the soldiers so you got to go in and Wait for it. Assassinate all of them. That shit is cool, man. I was I was wrapped up in it. And it's it's wonderful because they're peppering in little uh, little vignettes of this, this character Bayek, who by all accounts is super mysterious. Like I still don't know his deal, mm-hmm. uh, but they're peppering in little vignettes like you'll go to his home, which is weird because they don't make a big deal about him returning to his home after being gone for a super long time. So it's just like, oh, yeah, go to your house. And then you open this chest. And there's this, of course, like child's relic inside. And you have this moment of like, oh, this guy actually has like a place in history and a family and something's going on for him. He's not just a set piece. You know, he's not just a uh, what's the name of the guy from Wolfenstein, BJ Blasquitz or whatever, <laughs> which actually bad comparison because Wolfenstein, too, has come back and given him given him some backstory in a big way. But um, But yeah, so long story short the characters are really engrossing the area feels massive the map feels enormous you can literally lose yourself in just running around and climbing up on things there's lots of secret little hidden things that you can you can find like there's these papyruses that are hidden all over the spot Mm -hmm. and when you find a papyrus it'll tell you uh, like a riddle with no waypoints or mini markers or anything like that just a a riddle you have to figure out to go and find it and um, that was a really neat moment because i found this parchment sorry it's not a papyrus it's a parchment i love that word papyrus (laughs) it's a good one that's is that a fruit
1: no papyrus Mm -hmm. is like a some paper i believe so i think it's you're right on
0: yeah it's not it's not not a papaya (laughs) 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 it's not a papaya no very good but i found this parchment and it had me you know with a riddle about whatever some big pool of something or other. And I I literally stumbled across that location probably forty minutes later. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, it stopped me dead in my tracks. I was like, wow, that is the riddle. That is the answer to the riddle that I've been mulling over in the back of my brain for the last thirty minutes. Dove into the pool, got the secret little shiny thing, and it didn't really matter, you know, I received a weapon or something like that. But the experience of that was was actually really exciting. So just a sidetrack for a moment, you did you take a peek at the loot crate? Options in this game, I did. I think I, you know, again, my personal philosophy on loot crates is I don't really give a shit if they're in single player games mm. unless I can't get those items. So, and maybe that's the case. I don't know.
1: One of the loot crate things is in this game is um, you can buy the maps to all the pickups that you would normally stumble across, but they sort of give you the directions to them, and that's one of the one of the things. And y- you know, it's one of those things I struggle with because maps are just normally something you might buy in the game and now you buy them from with real cash and i go it's like you said i don't you normally don't have a problem with that but it's not super intrusive but i unless those are also achievable in the game you know it's like uh, i see what you did there
0: yeah i mean i
1: you know I, I don't know it's you know it boy they're not allowed i don't think you're allowed to make a game without like, the, the investor debt goes down, and they go, okay, uh, So, but how do we get them to spend the extra cash on this? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs>
0: they're like, I mean, listen, man, I get it. It's how about every f- five
1: minutes you got to put in a dollar? Like, Frank, that's not how they work anymore. <laughs> well, what? dig Doug? we did it like crazy. Boom, you just <laughs> fill, the, fill this thing to the brim with cores.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Grandpappy Atari had it right. Yeah, I, I, it's, um, it's, a, it's a situation where it, d- it hasn't felt intrusive so far. You know, I don't love seeing loot boxes and stuff all over main menus and whatever, but I, I can I can safely ignore it. And if I find out somewhere down the garden path here that there's content that's, you know, impossible to get into, I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a moment, about content that's generally inaccessible without spending money. Um, or that, you know, there's even if there's like weapons that are so unique and interesting that you know, I, I would I would like to get and can't because they're locked behind a, a randomized loot box. Yeah, that stuff kinda chaps me. Yeah. But if we're talking about literally the equivalent of you remember Mist? Remember Mist, right? So in MIST, there was a cheat code that let you beat the game. You started MIST, you put in the cheat code, you win. Congratulations. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back.
1: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> just cuts you as to the quick. You're know, like, oh yeah, any level of it's almost to dissuade you from wanting to cheat for the answers online. Cause you could just cheat and win but maybe you want to find it organically yeah a little I, bit of a
0: taunt from the uh, the developer there <laughs> i mean I, it had to be but so it, it always kind of strikes me as that when you're talking about pay to win stuff or, or or loot boxes in a single player game so anyway well, li- uh, listen uh, loot boxes is probably going to be a topic of conversation forever mm-hmm. because that's just the direction that everything's heading in so you know i'm sure we'll we'll bring it up again and again suffice to say though, i've been having a good time in in assassin's creed Origins so far without Dealing with that, I will tell you, um, I was a little chuffed that the frame rate was uh, was chugging quite a bit on my PS4 at some some key moments. So there was some introductory uh, cutscenes and stuff um, where you just you get like you go down to like twelve frames per second, and it's just like, man, this this doesn't feel doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> Maybe optimized for the PS4 Pro, eh? Yeah, it's it, you know it's possible. The um, it's like the uh, the invalidating or the Obsolation? I don't know what the word is, but consoles becoming obsolete in the same generation that they're continuing to exist in just chaps my ass. Well, how far
1: far out are we on the PS4?
0: Uh, Um, I don't know. This is
1: year, what, three, year four?
0: Something like that. But, I mean, it doesn't matter because if you're releasing a PS4 game, it shouldn't be pushing, in my humble opinion, shouldn't be pushing the PS4 to the level where I can notice a detectable slow down in my game. Uh-huh. It's like, and to take it a step further, there's a new Nintendo 3DS. Were you aware of this? Um, no. So they came out with a new Nintendo 3DS, and now there's games being released for the 3DS that you can only play on the new one. Right. So to me, like, I mean, I what the heck is it called? Um, oh, what's that? Fire Emblem. Yeah. Right. They came out with like a Dynasty Warriors style Fire Emblem game recently. Right. And I was like, great, I've got a 3DS. It's got a 3DS logo on the box. Should be good to go. Should be good to go. Lock that one in. Nope, it's for the new 3DS. And yeah, I mean, that just... that. How do you iterate,
1: you know, without, uh, you know, releasing a new console? And we've seen a couple different ways of doing it to various degrees of success. You know, Sega, you know, started Frankensteining onto its systems early. You know, you got the, the Sega uh, 32X, and then it had a plug-in for that. And, uh, oh, the Genesis,
0: know, right? 16-bit, 32-bit. I remember well,
1: that. Well, it was it was it was it was the Genesis, but you literally could plug a new piece of a console into a console um, to to run to do the next like 0.5 of a generation. And if you recall, with um, N64, they did the expansion pack um, where they they added some more. Basically, it was a RAM upgrade. Oh, you needed that for Majora's Mask. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it actually came with a. There's a couple games that came with the expansion pack. Right. I think link or the original zelda may have
0: uh no i think the expansion the expansion pack came out around the same time as majora's mask perhaps you might be right about that maybe it was, maybe it was super smash bros i'm
1: not a hundred percent on that um but uh you know we got this this that this approach that both of uh, the big guys are doing right now with uh, the ps4 pro and the xbox one x it's sort of the point five in the release that you know gives you the better frame rate and Um, some better graphics and that seems to be how they're iterating it you know um, and usually it's the under guy that loses a little bit and you know they 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 let the frame rate drop a little bit to give the give the other one that little
0: bit of a boost i mean you, you know what there's a very real possibility that that's exactly what's going on either way the opening cinematics for assassin's creed origins are so vague but it didn't really matter. <laughs> and it's, that's one thing that I will say. In a world. <laughs> no, it was like there was a series of things going on. There's, you know, uh, uh, anyway, I won't, I won't reiterate what happens in the, in the opening cinematic. Suffice to say, it seemed to be a, a series of randomly interconnected, like, vignettes. That made absolutely no sense to me in the moment, and for the first thirty minutes of this game, I was not excited for it. Right. You know, I bought it almost in spite. I was like, "Fine. I going mean, a fucking try an Assassin's <laughs> Creed game. Gonna get in here. It's gonna suck." I spent seventy five dollars, and there's gonna be a lot to be mad about on the podcast <laughs> this week. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I mean, I got through that first thirty minutes, um, and you know, it, it immediately the second that uh, the main character gets out of the, let's call it the um, the tutorial zone, where you're basically just clambering over some ancient ruins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the charm immediately gets turned on. You know, I don't know what it is. They have an uncanny knack in this game for making characters connect with one another that, that puts you in a position where you want to be part of that relationship. Right. You know, very, very interesting. Um, You know, it's just very believable, I guess is the best way to say it. And my, my best feature, or my best uh, or my favorite feature in the whole game, whistling for your camel. Oh, you don't need, don't need to know where that camel's parked. It Not comes dog. galloping. <laughs> you know, listen, it's like, it's funny because you get into this world of super realistic games like The Witcher 3, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say realistic, I mean like the graphics are, are extremely high fidelity and really beautiful to look at. And you're looking at these beautiful settings that are rendered um, in a way that you, know, you can look at them and appreciate their own beauty. Same thing in Assassin's Creed Origins. But the games start to feel a little bit <laughs> like the same thing because you have these, like, these staples, which is calling for your mount, and it appears out of nowhere it's like am i calling for roach am i calling for the camel the quality of life uh (laughs) upgrades that exist everywhere let me tell you something
1: one of them is that your pockets are infinitely deep you know what i mean what do you have on you oh i got a severed succubus head i got four (laughs) crossbows you know i got nine thousand coins um and you know what i believe you could train a horse to
0: come to a whistle But that fucking camel isn't coming when you whistle. He's not 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 interested. He's spitting. Yeah. Maybe. Uh. You know. Maybe peeing a little bit. He's not. He's not coming. Not coming when you call. Um. But yeah. So Assassin's Creed Origins again. Just if if you can't tell, uh, I've become enamored with it. By the way, I also understand that the combat system has been significantly overhauled. Again, not having played it prior, what I understand is that they've added a bunch of new weapons. Um. There's additional buttons that allow you to you know block and it's almost like you know you've got a light a medium and a heavy attack so there's some uh some granularity in the way that you swing your blade and so yeah i mean uh, overall um really strong uh, really strong game I'm, I'm really excited to keep playing it nice do you still have a wrist blade uh you know i think the wrist blade and i read a review from i can't remember polygon or something like that where they kind of spoiled right in the middle of it damn you whoever you were that you were i'm about to spoil it right now I, I, you know when it's funny i thought we might see some wrist it should be called not uh assassin's creed origins but Origins. blade origins, wrist blade origins. <laughs> yeah i mean again having not been part of the series i don't really know the significance of the Wristblade, but i'm sure i'll love it when i see it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um andy did you hear what's going on with uh, the nintendo switch uh, other than a bunch of sweet game releases and a new uh, a new Doom port, no? Ooh, you got you snuck in some information yeah, there. I in love the it. Doom this guy's no
1: slouch, folks. Well, um, you know, <laughs> apparently it looks all, really bad. With all those great games uh, hitting the shelves, and um, the huge success on a, on a platform that really, for a while, was just like Zelda player. Yeah. Like Switch, <laughs> the Zelda player. Uh, um, and by the
0: way, I almost spent $400 to buy a Switch just to play Zelda.
1: And you know what? It's a strong argument. Breath of the Wild, uh, it's, it's like p- I'm still seeing videos of people figuring out neat things they can do. You can throw your boomerang and then grab it with your magnet gun and then use it like a fucking helicopter to, to chew people in, in half. Um, So, uh, (laughs) Nintendo is so jazzed with the sales and and the relative success, they'd originally planned to um, churn out a total of 18 million switches this year, um, but now has expanded the number up to 30 million units. 30
0: million units.
1: Um, And depending how uh, holiday sales go, uh, they could push uh, to 35 and higher. Uh, There was an article in the Wall Street Journal talking about this. And one of the things that the analysts kind of realized is they've been evaluating this as a home console, which generally means uh, one console per household. But they're going, this is actually kind of like more like a handheld Mm -hmm. where uh, because it does go into a handheld mode and people are playing like that, it might be one unit per user. Uh, which you know, opens up the total units you can sell um, you know, uh, by many, many folds. And it just sort of gives you an idea of um with this like how good Nintendo is doing. This is like the their return to glory of two thousand seven sure. when they're riding. Uh, you know the uh, the wave of the success of their um, not not the the Wii
0: yeah the Wii because the and Wii U was was definitely not <laughs> a sparkling success. So
1: they got the Nintendo Classic that's hitting home runs. They got sure. uh, the Switch that's hitting home runs. Uh, you know Mario's doing very well. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, Mario Odyssey is smoking it. Mm-hmm. Really and looking forward to playing this
1: that. week. They've been hinting at uh, the release of uh, a new Earthbound. So lots of interesting things coming out for Nintendo and oh. Earthbound? Oh, they're they're hinting at a new Earthbound.
0: Uh, did you play the original on the SNES?
1: It's not one of the games that I beat,
0: um, but I, I did dabble. You see, so it's really expensive. I think it's like two or three hundred bucks in the aftermarket. Uh, and when I a couple years back, I bought a Super Nintendo. Uh, I was a Sega Genesis kid growing up, so I actually never owned a Super Nintendo, but bought the Super Nintendo because my wife's a big Super Mario World fan, and mm-hmm. um, you know wanted the Donkey Kong and all the other good stuff, but. Uh, Earthbound really caught my eye because A, it's a super unconventional looking RPG. B, it's got some really charming graphics. And C, it's like so expensive that you can't help but be intrigued at how good this game could be. So I'm I'm probably going to play it on an emulator or something like that. But is this like a 3D Earthbound or is it just a reissue of the original? It's neither of those things. Um, I think it's going to hold tight to the original
1: structure of, of Earthbound as sort of, um, you know, a, a Dragon Warrior, Zelda top-down type of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to, very little out on it, so we'll have to wait and see. i got to
0: ask you, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. I think it's a contender for Game of the Year? Uh, I don't know. It's so, I mean, I hear people talk about it a lot. I have not had a chance to play Breath of the Wild yet. It looks, like, if, if I were to rank the games that I'm most interested in playing, Breath of the Wild is literally number one. And the only thing that's precluding me from playing it is that I don't have a Switch yet. So, um, based on the fact that <laughs> I've I've not of uh, not played it and am anticipating it so heavily, I think that there's a there's a good chance that uh, there's a lot of people in my shoes and a lot of people who've you know paved the way for that kind of thought.
1: Now, based on the franchises that uh, Nintendo has under its belt, if you uh, had the opportunity to play either a new Smash Brothers game. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong, new entry in the Donkey Kong series, or uh, the F Zero Racer. Which one would you jump on top of if they ha- we're going to release it tomorrow?
0: So I don't know what F is. is F Zero the um, is it the is it the one where you? It's like futuristic. Uh, talk to me about it. Just racing, yeah. It's futuristic. futuristic, but is it like like the spin cycle kind of situation, or is it the is it like a a, a plane kind of craft? I'm um, sorry, I, I I confess I I don't. I have some vague memories of playing fast racers like that on Super Nintendo or on uh, Nintendo 64. I'm not sure if this Your is the one we Your gamer score about. just went down, just went down to in my zero. books. I mean, I have zero um, achievements in this one. You know
1: one. Uh, Captain Falcon from Smash Brothers? Sure. Um, have you do you know his entrance animation? uh no lowering again so yeah you're what it looks like is somebody's taken a a spacecraft and and you know uh put it on what looks like a a super advanced mario kart track and um put it to some awesome high-paced techno music and you know said get at her and it was a challenging racer for uh for the for a young dan dank dan uh (laughs) uh, clutching his his uh super nintendo controller but was it super nintendo or
0: n64 Super Nintendo. Oh, so no entries in N64.
1: I don't know about that. I think there may have been, but uh, hearkening back to this specific memory talk about
0: super nintendo oh cool man cool yeah so to answer your question um what was it donkey kong f-zero or super smash bros Mm -hmm. i would probably go with donkey kong i've never been a massive smash bros fan and donkey kong has a special place in my heart how about yourself i love it um you know what i would
1: roll the dice on any of them but i'm i'm feeling a donkey kong country style
0: game as well Oh, old donkey kong Nicely done. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, I guess I, I don't know what to say other than I'm really s- stoked to own a Switch. Um, I don't fully even understand the extent to which the, you know, the handheld is viable. Because what I understand is that uh, there's a decrease in performance generally when you're, when you're going out and abroad with the, um, the handheld undocked part of the uh the the switch i've heard like for example breath of the wild um there's a texture reduction maybe it chugs a little bit so i don't i don't really know how much i would play it mobile versus docked but either way i'm just excited to sit down and give it a go beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah so speaking of giving it a go (laughs) um i have never wanted to grow weed more than now we're like six (laughs) months away from it being super legal (laughs) not just not just in a gray area of weirdness but like Definitely legal for me to grow up to four plants up here in Canada, and I have no fucking clue. <laughs> how the first thing about growing weed, I think seeds are involved. Uh, yeah, there's some seeds. There's some chanting. Uh, yeah, there's some Aboriginal uh, bird calls. Uh, yeah, you have to put on your Aboriginal pantsuit. Yeah, uh, made of horse hair. And then anoint the soil. <laughs> yeah, man, I like so I literally know nothing about growing growing weed other than you know it, it definitely appeals to me because a free weed and b. Um, well, I mean, mostly the free weed thing, but, you know, the, the gratifying experience of doing it yourself. So I was just cruising around on Mary Jane, which is uh, a website. <laughs> and there was a list of all of the, um, the top five or whatever peripherals for growing weed at home. And I stumbled across this, this tool called the Glow Grow. It's uh, glowgrowlighting.com, spell, spell it G-L-O-G-R-O. This thing looks freaking cool. So basically what it is, it looks like a lamp. If you were to picture like a house lamp, right, it's uh, it's probably about five or six feet tall and there's a plant hanging down from this lamp and you plant your seed in there. It regulates the um, it regulates the LED It cycles it based on the time of the year and it's probably the most like I could put this in my living room and my wife might not yell at me. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's interesting because as we move into a world of cannabis legalization, there's obviously going to be a lot more people who are interested in growing cannabis. Couple that with the fact that we live in Canada, which means you can grow outdoors maybe four or five months of the year. There's going to be a lot of people who are trying to grow inside. I hazard a guess not too many folks want to be building like a green room or a greenhouse inside their home. So this looks like a really cool way to have a, you know, a plant for personal use and and just, you know, kind of I I'm I'm assuming set it and forget it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's funny they're actually selling it. If you try to buy it on the website, it clicks you through to Amazon. Right. And there is um uh uh, a lot of pictures here. None of them have weed in them. <laughs> they show uh, growing tomatoes. Of course, I believe that's some basil. The basil, um, the, the three hundred dollar
0: basil growing solution.
1: And then it and then it drops into some really specific stuff about um, wavelengths and lighting cycles and maturation. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. We're growing tomatoes here, my man, for sure. <laughs> the most dank tomatoes. The dankest tomatoes in the land. I don't want to. I don't wanna eat any of these tomatoes and drive. You know what I'm <laughs> Um, and five out of five, five star ratings. So yeah, man. Uh, uh, people are pleased with what the what they're getting here.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Like one of the uh, one of the photos here is some dude who looks like maybe a 26 year old computer programmer, <laughs> and he's sitting there with his off brand iMac. In like what can only be described as a twenty-five dollar IKEA chair with his shirt unbuttoned, and next to him there's this like dank grow, grow tower in his city condo. I think they know exactly who they're targeting. This oh, at. oh, hold on a second. There is one of the
1: images here. They have like a girl drinking tea. It's like organic health and wellness on the right. You have city dweller, and in the middle, it says the uh, uh, the hobbyist, and that is a ninety year old woman rolling a spliff. <laughs> And not only is she rolling a spliff, it's shot all over her hand, and she appears to have three fingers of whiskey on the left.
0: That's amazing. I, how did this I is, a, this past is a medical patient, but she's got some edge. Look at that whiskey. Yeah, she's she's having a nice a nice single malt. <laughs> she's hoping that this uh, this either sends her off into elevated bliss or just straight heaven.
1: So, Andy, uh, Katina, Cantina, Catalina Lighting uh glow grow unit
0: or a switch? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. A really challenging question, in fact. Um if each of us get one we got a winning pair. We got a winning pair, man. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, I feel like you could probably do a better job of convincing your lady to let you have this in your living room. The switch or the, the lamp?
1: The lamp. See you think that because my sweet sweet lady is uh like chill on on the dankness but what she isn't chill on is giving me any more space in our mutual <laughs> home.
0: She's, outside of the outside of the, the explicitly taped off zone. Yeah,
1: I've been it's been made clear where my stuff should go and I've already used up my allotment. Sure. Um it's eight, eight,
0: eight cubic feet go quickly.
1: Yeah, it is it's so quick. Um so uh, I, I think I'd have to get it for her for Christmas. It would have to be Oh, that's her. a sly move, dang dan. Now can I ask you something? Is this a smoking <laughs> lamp? hey guys you forgot smoking lab
0: (laughs) never throw a bomb kid oh man oh man funny um yeah for me it's it's probably it's probably the switch because i get more immediate use out of it uh and you know i can always buy weed but um you know this this is definitely something that i would love to have uh sometime in the near future you can't buy a switch in little one gram bags so leave that for the weed. (laughs) that's very true that's very true uh what do we got oh cannabis users are more likely to be creative a new study find shocker shocker get the fuck out of town more creative if you're smoking Fun weed page news <laughs> listen man it's funny because we're in this space where like the media or, or even all the let's call it the alternative media is really interested in finding all the different ways that you can position cannabis with the same kind of clickbaity conversation that, you know, more mainstream topics have had in the past. It's like you've opened up Pandora's box for everybody who has to produce some content on the Internet and is maybe not 100 percent marijuana adjacent. To jump in and be like, oh, let's find a really fun, casual way to talk about cannabis users, right? That all being said, um, a recent study has proven that cannabis users are more extroverted, more open to experience, and less conscientious than non-users. What do you think, Dan?
1: If you look at the study, they do draw a distinction. It's this. It's not necessarily the weed that makes them more creative, but the idea that they're open to experiences and weed being one of them. because. Yeah. Um, They're generally, you know, uh, I think more willing to accept their own self-expression if, you know, smoking some herb is one of them rather than being closed off, concerned and paranoid about, you know, what's going to happen if I were to huff a, chuff a bone here. Chuff a bone. You know. um, Spark a salad. You know, that said um have you found a peak in creativity um when um
0: uh on the devil's lettuce devil's on the lettuce uh, devil's on the lettuce lettuce on the devil um yeah i I, I, here's the thing i find cannabis is really useful for a couple things the first thing is not working (laughs) so if i want to get something done cannabis is not where i'm going to we talked about it on last week's episode but i'm also not going to the gym Hmm. that -hmm. all being said there's some really specific applications for cannabis like parsing through some of the more uncomfortable thoughts you have in a day right there are a lot of thoughts that uh, or or things in your life that sometimes you don't want to revisit when you're uh, when you're going through your your day-to-day motion of you know wake up eat work come home chill go to bed right Mm -hmm. and i found that you know at times you'll smoke you'll sit there and you'll start actually untangling some of that some of that rubbish that you got going on in the back of your head yeah i think that in and of itself is a creative exercise yeah it's it's an invitation it's an open door to take a, take a closer look at some of the crap that's going on in your space right. and puzzle through it or look at it from a new perspective. Yeah, And I think that that word specifically is probably the most significant one here, which is perspective. Mm-hmm. I think cannabis gives you some perspective on things, uh, and that could be creative. You know, It could be um, sitting down with a paintbrush and, and finding a new way to approach your art. Could be getting high on a podcast and seeing if you can still talk about relevant topics, yeah. the answer is usually no, yeah, <laughs> with varying levels of success with varying levels of success um or you know I mean literally sitting down and figuring out your life uh through looking uh, by looking through it or looking at it, excuse me through a different lens
1: you know um something about the confrontational nature um of the herb that that can exist. I think that does help you clear out your space. Mm-hmm. And you know, once your space is clear, I think that does leave you a little bit free to, you know, get down on some songwriting or painting or, you know, whatever your outlet is. Um, you know, so I, I tend to agree with you.
0: The other cool thing is that um, in this study, which I think was about 412 cannabis users, 309 non-users, I don't think I know, um, the cannabis users also demonstrated superior convergent thinking ability which is the ability to choose the correct answer from a number of possibilities, like on a multiple choice test. Mm. And, you know, again, I mean, I, I, I'm not an expert uh, in, in human psychology or understanding how thought process works. But to me, that that just betrays a, a, um, a, a an expanded perspective. Well, Andy, there's two ty- different types of people in this world. There's people that can
1: deduce conclusions out of an incomplete set of data.
0: Mm hmm. <laughs> you're a fucking real. You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> Good stuff. So, uh, talk to us about Battlefront Two, Dan, because there's a real, there's a real shit explosion going on in the world of EA, and uh, it looks like nothing's getting better. Um, they 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 did a
1: little bit of dirty on this one. Um, EA uh, put out the early release Battlefront um, to a group of reviewers um, with a different set of variables than the final copy and one of them was is the barriers for buying um, and earning the heroes that were locked was about six ish times lower than it was on the final release Um, and when they did get to the final release when players found that their you know their favorite heroes whether it's luke skywalker or darth vader um, were locked behind um, a, uh, an, a grinding wall that uh, you know appeared to be something like 40 you know four thousand hours um, you know down the pathway to unlock everything um, or it could be achieved with some delicate purchases of around um, you know up to two thousand dollars to get everything <laughs>
0: two thousand bucks' right because you could get you know you roll the dice maybe you get Vader on your first roll. Yeah. You know, no. maybe you'll get maybe you get something That's great. crazy shit, man. So, so just to be clear, this is Star Wars Battlefront 2. We talked a lot about it last That's week. Right. We were both excited about the story. Um, and by all accounts, the story is vapid and not particularly. You aggressive. got a five-hour
1: story, and listen, the the story is pretty good, but it doesn't. It could have gone farther to um, play with the idea of morality on the Empire side. You know, what does somebody who's serving the Empire? How do they continue to justify um, what they're doing? And what does that look like? They could have been. They they could have played that a little bit longer. He's got spoilers, by the way, for for Battlefront Two here. Um, you know, but that that turn became. Uh, came to a head pretty quick, and it, you know, the the bad guy determined they were a bad guy and was able to make the right corrections. Um, you know, and and folks that that were sort of uh, once they had done that and and floated over to the multiplayer, they found that it would be dozens and dozens of hours to unlock a character, or they were offered to spend real world money to unlock the characters yeah. quicker. And um, you know, it, it. I feel like businesses often underestimate. Uh, how thin the threshold for built bullshit is for gamers, <laughs> and they they can s- smell when they're being sort of uh, led around by the wallet strings, and they're highly offended by it. So the internet exploded. Um, they actually tried to address the upset over the progression um on was it reddit it was on reddit it was yeah (laughs) it became the most downvoted comment of
0: all time um very (laughs) very quickly for a second there are a lot of downvotes on the hive of scum and villainy known as reddit yeah and if you have the most downvoted (laughs) post of all time and by the way it wasn't a particularly offensive post it was a post from an ea um pr employee who Basically, gave a canned response about you know how they're working to. The developer was yeah. saying that th- what they were trying to do is create uh, an appreciation
1: yes. and um, a, a badge of honor for unlocked putting going through all the works the sixty thousand hours of in game or sixty thousand uh, in game credits it took to uh, unlock these characters it'd be like a ba- a badge of honor. Well. As we sit here today, I think it's north of six hundred thousand down votes <laughs> on this comment. And, um, with you know, many, 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 many refunds requested, it seems, uh, the business world has also started to to become worried that this is gonna affect their bottom line um uh, on the game which means that you you will see some further changes oh you already
0: are there's amas on reddit with the you know the lead designers and and you know the part uh, parts of that development team that are significant and you know the resounding message now seems oh you know we're flexible at reevaluating and looking at where we've gone wrong i want to touch on that really quickly though what you were talking about with the sense of appreciation in a game i can get behind that you know i'm i'm not talking about in this instance because it's very clearly a clusterfuck that EA has, has cornered themselves into here but um the appreciation of a multiplayer asset in a game like for example Star Wars Battlefront 2 where you've got uh, folks who are going to be who hopefully are going to be in there playing the game regularly and and you know this this kind of larger campaign style multiplayer match you know you see Darth Vader wade out onto the battle, the battlefield it's a really cool idea that the person who is in that Darth Vader suit is a badass in this game. He's a veteran. He's a veteran. He's someone who's played this game a lot. He knows what's up. And so I'm not just looking at, you know, an asset in this game that creates a powerful character. I'm looking at a powerful player manning a powerful character. I get how I could sit back and say, that's fucking cool that I'd be quaking in my boots, not just because of the suggestion of the asset, but because of the badass behind that that character. And that's steeply undercut
1: if if uh, if it's either he's hardened through you know, 40,000 hours of play our four thousand hours of play by, or he swiped his credit card exactly <laughs> one time, as yeah. as hard as possible. As hard as possible. And the force just became one with him. He was the
0: chosen, uh, sure. um, capital one. The Clorians went right through Chase Bank and uh, and anointed him as as the <laughs> Lord Vader. Uh, your limit is waning, <laughs> and
1: uh, so y- and that's the thing. You know you can't have it both ways. Either it's a grizzled position that only the best players can get at or you can pay your
0: way to it yeah and that's the issue is that you complete you you build this thing where you know i have a lot of respect for that because here's the thing um in a game where there are unlockables or there are there's a progression let's call it um you often find that the conversations around the game among the people who are who make up the player base are focused around the meta Okay, and the meta is typically at the end of the game, you've got a series of optimal classes, optimal weapon loadouts, optimal ways of playing the game. And, you know, they're balanced around using the the best resources the game has to offer. You know, I think that if there was legitimately some choice that needed to be had around, you know, how do you focus your your playtime into achieving a character like Darth Vader that you're going to master. And, you know, that's going to be your marquee player and you can't just have everything you have to kind of pick and choose, um, you know, similar to an MMO where you invest a couple you know, hundred hours into a character. You're not just kind of flitting between them all. That's a cool idea to me because it you know flies in the face of most other multiplayer game shooters included, where, again, you're just picking your kind of optimal loadout and, and, and that's flavor of the week. But, yeah, I mean, to, to your point, it goes all goes away. The second you swipe your credit card,
1: you know, it. you know, I agree with you and what com- comes to mind on me for me for that one is it's cool for me if you can pay to get to the middle, but not to get to the top. So, you know, if, if I was given my, given my shot at this, I'd say EA's EA make it, make it a- yourself able to pay to get to, to play the Bothans, you know, <laughs> or the Rodians or, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe, you know, the uh, the elite TIE fighter or whatever in the middle, those middle tiers. But for the Vader's, the Luke's, the Leia's, the Han's, the chewies Yeah, I feel that. That's got to be earned through the good old fashion. You know, uh, uh, sit oh, down and fucking
0: play. F- yeah. Hit yeah, those gotcha. buttons, you know, uh, yeah, because, hit the buttons. and then
1: then I'm cool with it yeah. because you can get you can get at a scrub level with your your master card, but not. Not not to the top tier. And that's 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 the dank Dan, uh, dank Dan plan.
0: There you go. Um, yeah, man. I mean, anyway, th- we won't go too far deeper into this because pretty much everybody's talking about it. And, you know, what, what I can say is this. I see what EA was trying to do. Like at the end of the day, they're trying to monetize their game in a way where, um, you know, they're selling original copies and they're making huge bank off a game that people are excited to play. Because make no mistake, if people aren't excited to play the game, you're not making any more money. And what's challenging is it seems that they've gone with this cool idea of progression and this idea of these epic characters, and they've created some really interesting dynamics in the game. And unfortunately, they're just invalidated. They, 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 they've created the structure for a really cool game and they're invalidated by the pay to win elements. And that's the big tragedy here. I also hear that it's really, um, you're very powerless. Uh, and it's pretty rote at the beginning of the multiplayer ladder you're playing like generic soldier your gun is shit and, and we know what you're happens for to a the long time. generic
1: soldiers of both sides <laughs> in star wars <laughs> not
0: nothing good short lifespan short, short lifespans not very good you get uh, to pick
1: yeah. from a stormtrooper with poor aim or a rebel soldier with no armor you're like eh? Ah, <laughs> nah, uh, the there you go where am i going on this andy can i tell you about This great game that I've been playing, Darkest Dungeon.
0: Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, I mean, you you can tell me about it or you can put me in it, whatever you like. I can put you in my Darkest Dungeon? Uh, I mean, listen, whatever we need to do. Your birthday plans just got written. (laughs) Okay, so
1: Darkest Dungeon is um, an indie title by uh, Red Hook, the folks over at Red Hook. And, you know, the basic premise is um, you're being called by a far-flung relative to um basically undo his evil deeds that uh, uh that he exacted on his small hamlet. Uh, you know, he's the governor or whatnot and he's his deep voice right from the beginning, his baritone is telling of his greatest failure of unlocking this evil as he um tried to seek earthly delights and uh you need to come recover the family's fortune and honor by sealing it and um it drops you right into a, a party of 4 that's making its way through the tutorial dungeon and what you find immediately is this side scrolling roguelike is not only going to be relentlessly difficult right. but an assault on, uh, on your mind and an ex <laughs> a, a, a um a, a practice in failure and hardship. <laughs> sure. uh, I think two of my characters died before I was through the tutorial, <laughs> and I thought I was doing something incorrectly. But the game is just punishing on that. And as you clear the tutorial, or maybe slightly before, there's a message that says "Darkest Dungeon and is fucking around." Is a game about dealing with, um, making the best out of a bad situation. Sure. And they drive that home immediately. Um, you know, the game ha- has a deceptively Um, deep uh, and strategic combat that you immediately understand what it's about, but then see how many little nuances there are. There are 15 playable different hero types that you can put in your team of four in any combination. Depending on where they're standing in the pack, they have access to different abilities um, and different sort of roles in the team. So for instance, uh, your knight type, the crusader, um, in the front line he can do his basic attack um, uh, whereas your gravedigger when she's in the front she can do her basic attack it's a little bit um, weaker but if she's in the back she can throw p- poison darts that have blight on them um, and you know the strategic elements of the game become quite clear your your party can be moved around by the enemy's uh, attacks and vice versa um, so it's a it's a a combat system you understand quickly, but takes quite a bit to master. Yeah, no, I get that, man. So it's it's like a roguelike, right? It is a roguelike. Um, basically, uh, depending on the, the mission you're going on, you have lots to pick from. You can sort of go in a couple different directions from the beginning. It'll say, you know, clear out 10 rooms. Sure. And as you travel between these rooms, which may have a boss fight um, or a boss fight and a treasure as you're traveling between them, um, you could be running into traps, you could be running into random encounters, you could be uncovering secret oh, rooms. Oh, is it like
0: procedurally generated?
1: It is procedurally generated. Oh, nice. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's turn-based too, right? Yeah, everything's turn-based, um, which really adds to the element of strategy, right? It's very important what you do, and while each character has a speed value, there's a roll going on in the back so you don't necessarily know who's going to go are you going to be able to get that heel off before you're laid low Um, and this is all set on the backdrop of the ever encroaching darkness you're your characters are in a hostile world, right. um, and they maybe are already a little bit damaged. They come with quirks and traits at the beginning. Maybe they're uh, um, a kleptomaniac, right. and some of the spoils you find, they're going to just keep for themselves. <laughs> um, you know. And so as you're going through this, you're— That's you're, the
0: first guy I throw in the pit that's right he's in the front of the party he's got no 10 foot pole
1: you just let him go and you're gonna come against Eldritch, eldritch horrors and the undead um and you know it's gonna take quite a bit of experience to really get a team going that you really like and what's what's really great about this game is it throws all these mechanics at you that keeps you from putting your a team together so as you go you can pick up diseases and um as you you continue, you gather stress right through the game and um halfway through the stress bar, they have a like a mental break and they' they're gonna pick up some sort of um, either they have a, basically a high chance of getting a negative one to become abusive or selfish or fearful um, about one out of every four times they rise above the stress to become you know they're they're uh you know optimistic or uh, they're powerful um you know, but as but, but stress, the odds
0: are stacked against you, you're probably eating shit
1: hugely. And you know you have to manage things like uh, the light, how much light you have as your torches burn out, you gain more stress. right um, you know, so you're feeling the grind the entire time. And once you get your a team back to the the village, you're gonna have to send them for some r and r. they gotta go drink at the bar. they have to go to the medical ward to to be locked in the sanitarium <laughs> to be cleared cured of their no joke, syphilis. <laughs> that they picked up in the dankest dungeon. Um, you know, so you, you have to, and the game doesn't keep track of your team, so you might have a stable of 25 heroes that are coming in on the stagecoach, and you kind of have to remember the combinations
0: that work well together. Oh, well, that's neat, man. I mean, it's, so what, what I like about it, it, so, it sounds, so I haven't played it, but it sounds cool because w- the one thing that I always uh, suck at is the second that my party in, a, in an RPG, for example, becomes suboptimal, So for example, um, if I've leveled uh, a party member incorrectly, or if I am halfway through a mission and you know, I'm missing half of my party. I'm very likely to restore to a save earlier on. I don't love playing at a suboptimal level, in other words. And so it sounds like the, that's literally the focus of this game, is <laughs> that it, it throws as many wrenches in your plans as possible and forces you to play through with them.
1: You know, and you, I'm that guy, too, where, you know, I want to do everything the best way I could possibly do it. And I, it saw players like you and I coming, and that's why the message up front says, like, this is about making the best of a bad situation. One of the mechanics is you can abandon any dungeon at any point. Now there is a chance of failing the f- the running away, and you might have to hit run away again if you're in the middle of a battle. Um, but so I play that's it like a
0: full round of attacks. I assume
1: that's right. <laughs> so I play it like very much how I play a poker hand. You know what I mean? Whereas uh, the cards might turn against you, and then you got to fold, right. um, because. You know, when you're taking your done your your delvers in there, maybe one dies, uh, one of your guys die. Don't push any further. You're gonna lose more, and if you've equipped some choice items that you've managed to scrounge together, you risk losing them. So you really gotta cut your losses <laughs> right. and regroup. And uh, it does, you know, as a gamer, it I like that it forced me to deal with loss and abandonment. And so just to talk a little bit about the the meta of the game it seems to be your heroes are quite disposable sure um and i feel e- like they have if, to be if they get a little bit too broken in their minds or they got too many traits that it that uh, that are negative you just got to cut them loose you just get them out of there you just cut them loose and uh and pick up some new ones and the even the leveling system is a little bit cruel because if you've got your your characters to say the the max level is five if you get them to three. They won't go to the easy dungeon anymore. So you can't just, you know, take your overpowered guys to the easy dungeons. They're like, nah, that's too easy for me. I'm not going. So the game cuts you absolutely no breaks. And the meta of this game seems to be that you you want to sort of grind through, letting your some of your heroes die. Uh, and one of the mechanics is you upgrade the the town um the abbey the bar the guild the the armorsmith to be able to make your heroes better more quickly um and uh for less gold right to, to get them to the point where they're ready to go to the darkest dungeon <laughs>
0: the darkest yeah man i mean it sounds, it sounds really neat i'm a big fan of roguelikes i don't haven't played a whole lot of them mm. i like the idea that you've got a game that has emergent gameplay and that um and by that i mean like Sorry, maybe emergent gameplay is the wrong word. Uh, maybe maybe varied gameplay, like constantly varied. I like the fact that you can get into the dungeon. It's a different setup every time. And the way that your game plays is different dependent on you know, the diseases you pick up or the madnesses that you uh, that you that you hang on your hat, right? So it's a, it's it definitely sounds neat. Would you play it again? Um, you know, I'm in the middle of it, and I'm going to continue. Uh, it seems they may they've added a little bit
1: more grinding than I'd like. Um I'm getting close to hour 30 and I think it's actually going to take another 30 hours to complete it whereas I, I'd like to see myself at the progression to be finishing in the next 10 hours. Sure. So it goes a little long. Yeah, it does go a little bit long, you know, but I do find that because of the visuals, the great atmosphere of music, I I will probably happily play it, mm-hmm. but I would continue playing it. I would play it again more happily starting from the beginning. Is it like th-
0: is it like smoke a joint friendly or not so much?
1: Um I mean It's pretty daunting, like it is fearful and uh, it is tense to the whole operation because, you know, if the random number generator goes against you three times in a row, Nah, and you're gonna lose your favorite guy. There's just no way to, to <laughs> turn against it. So you really gotta you gotta be ready to to
0: just let it all go. Zero attachment. That's some zen shit right there, man. That's some uh, that's some really mellow. That's emptying the bowl right it's, there. It's taking me to the next level. That's it. That's it. Speaking of a game that's not particularly stressful in any way whatsoever, uh, I played Metroid: Samus Returns uh, on the 3DS. Came out in September, and it is a remake of the lesser known Metroid game from the SNES days. So you 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 got the original Super Metroid, and then you've got this sequel that didn't get quite as much love. They've chosen to redo the sequel on the 3DS. Dude, are you a a Samus fan? I'm a huge Samus fan. Really? So I, surprise, surprise, had never played, again, did not have a Super Nintendo as a kid, had never played Super Metroid. And similar story to Earthbound, really fucking expensive to pick that bad boy up. So what I found myself saying is, well, let me, let me make a $30 purchase here. Check out Samus Returns and make, a, make an immediate decision on whether or not I'm a Metroid fan. I love it. And so we've, we've had a lot of positivity in, in this podcast so far. I don't think we've talked about a game yet that we didn't love other than, well, you know, all that Battlefront 2 uh, hubbub. But man, Samus Returns is a simple game. Feels like Mario with a gun. Is that like, I mean, I, that probably resounds with the original Metroid, right? Uh, it's grown-up Mega Man. <clears throat> okay. It's like Mega Man if Ridley Scott directed. Oh, all right. There you go. Very good. So uh, the first thing I noticed about this game is that the 3D is done really well. I talked about Monster Hunter 3D previously and, uh, or sorry, Monster Hunter Generations and the 3D on that. Um, My eyes were sore in like two minutes, right? You know, there's just not enough going on in this game from a graphical perspective that it makes you dizzy. It's a really good thing, actually, I played with a 3 d on for most of the time, and the graphics are like simple, they're crisp. it's very easy for your eyes to read it when you're watching the game play um, and so that actually really lends to a three d level super well so you know three d a plus this is probably the best game I've played on my 3 d s for that purpose, right other than that, it's you know it's classic platforming um, you know enemies don't appear to be super varied, so as samus is going through this this planet, right? And the whole, the whole premise of the game is you're trying to eradicate the Metroid. So apparently in the first Metroid, there was some space pirates, some mother brain, you know, whatever. Whatever the situation might be, they found a Metroid. They were doing some nasty shit with it. Now we're going to the source of that Metroid situation and we're eradicating all of the Metroids. Mm-hmm. And the plot is not particularly <laughs> robust. There's like one cut scene in the beginning and then there's no dialogue after. Um, but you're in this planet where you're clearing out puzzles you're shooting monsters and aliens. And when you solve enough puzzles, you'll face off against a a Metroid boss. When you beat him, the water level on the planet, I don't know if it's water or radioactive spooge or what it is, drops a little bit to reveal a little bit more of the planet. I'm about, call it five or six hours in, and the puzzle solving is fresh. Um, The enemies kind of boring, I'll be totally honest, but that's kind of made up for by the fact that the aiming and the actual platforming is really intuitive. So, you know, I thought that it would be kind of challenging to have a 2D platformer that also combines shooting elements on a 3DS where you've already got kind of a situation where the console's a little bit heavy and like using the shoulder buttons isn't particularly intuitive. But, you know, I mean, they've added this system where you can hit the left shoulder button and aim all around in a 360 degree arc around Samus Super intuitive, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really big on on Samus Returns.
1: You know, when you take a game that has all the sort of classic elements like that, and add in some neat swivel technology on things like the cannon and stuff, and that that sets it apart from the previous mentioned Mega Man. You're shooting straight in the way you're facing, <laughs> and those are your two well, choices. Well, that was the
0: original Samus Returns too. Yeah, that, that's the the biggest complaint I've heard is that you've got some fixed points that you can shoot through, and so you find yourself moving your character to you know to make up for that. Yeah, in this game you can yeah you've got that full range of shooting which i mean again how much can you talk about your range of shooting but it makes a huge difference in this game it, it, it totally um creates an enjoyable situation as opposed to a frustrating thing you gotta you gotta butt up against
1: and i guess probably take some of the shackles off of what it feels like to be sort of an artificial character and be like no i if you ever had a guy and you're like i just want to shoot up you have a gun shoot <laughs> up it's like sorry bro i don't sorry, do bro. that no, sorry Brad, not an up shooter dog, not an up shooter and no. just Samus is just like a boss.
0: Boom, Dan- and and also, might I add, um, I have a little video game crush going on right now. Oh, you have yeah. deduced
1: that Samus is a, Samus is a woman.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that that's yeah, that's not a closely held that's secret. That's the big
1: reveal in the the original game. So, really? Um, if you beat the game at the, the end. Samus takes her helmet off, and you see that it's a woman. You're like, what? Maybe ladies should vote. And then, like, if you beat it in under a time limit, I think it was (laughs) two hours, something very challenging. Um, Samus, um, instead of taking her helmet off, takes the entire uh, suit off and she's wearing a bikini just to undercut just to Just feminist. to take that feminist tone <laughs> yeah. right off the I'm table. I'm like, okay, you did. You kind of dialed you, it back. <laughs> I'm not super angry. I thought you
0: were teaching a whole generation of boys to respect women, but really... You weren't. <laughs> well,
1: they've maybe it's the idea is they've respected that woman so hard that they mastered it and they're like, no, nah, here's yeah. Something there's a little only extra. one thing getting and mastered you know in that situation. If you, I like what you did there. If you maybe if you respect a woman that hard, she will show you her bikini area. <laughs> that's, that's a possibility.
0: <laughs> Listen, bro. You there's know, there's time. There's commitment. Yeah, that's it, man. You send out those respect waves. Maybe you get it, maybe maybe you get it some comes bikini back and reveal reciproc- reciproc- area. <laughs> and I think, if I recall correctly, pink. Pink bikini. Get, a, get at me on twitter <laughs> oh dude let's uh man we've been talking about games for a while let's let's switch over to the smoke sash what do you think Are you ready you ready let's to go down, get on some down mud? to the smoke oh, sash
1: yeah yeah let's so get it going know.
0: Welcome to the Smoke Sesh. What do we have this week, Dan?
1: Um, today we are working on a little something called purple urkel. I like
0: how you brought. Uh, I like how you brought the bud today. Thank you, my friend. Oh, you're welcome. You suited us up with a little Chinese beforehand, and now you're blessing me with a little bit of this purple purple urkel.
1: The Dank Dan takes and he gives as he, well. He
0: giveth also. He giveth also. Uh, this this is a boy. This is a, a stinky old bud. Is <laughs> what I'm detecting here. There's some stank on this bad boy
1: oh yeah that's a that's a potent um potent situation gentleman Mm -hmm. very very bold he wants some paddling from a distance spunk skunky spunky no no
0: skunky skunky there you go
1: and uh i I know this this is gonna sound like such a dude broke comment it smells green
0: Mm, i got you smells like your spinach yeah i got you yeah well so i mean okay I'm, i'm just taking a look at the nug here um the Nug is a little loose, a little loose. Um, it's leafy, um, and, you know, looking at it, not a particularly frosty Nug. The, uh, the leaves are, ooh, they're almost like a, I don't know what kind of green. I, it's like a dark electric green. Look at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It, you know what I'm saying? Like dark, like, like, a, like a hunter green, but a little, little electrification in there. And uh, the pistols, pistols are um, kind of a faded burnt umber. Uh, if I were to pull out my my five dollar weed words. Um this one this particular piece is a little bit stemmy. I'm gonna snap this this little stem out here and get to get down to the, the meat to the insides. One sec. Hmm interesting. So um it smells a little bit citrusy off the hop. Here, tick take this nug. I know you were smelling the ground so up, I, uh, I
1: opened up the last guy and what was wild is how furry it was on the inside, the hairs were all through it. Mm-hmm. And this guy is definitely an indica. And what I get fresh, like grape or melon.
0: Yeah, melon. I think. I think I'm feeling melon with you on this one. Like a little. It's like it wants to like sit on the roof of my mouth. You know, it feels like it feels like I'm chewing on like a like a starburst. You know what I mean? Like a pink starburst is what I'm getting in the top of my mouth here.
1: And the skunk, it hit me at first and it's gone now. Like I'm not detecting any skunk now. So I think it's got it's light on the skunk, heavy on the berry.
0: Yeah, I I'm getting I got like a watermelon lemon. And is I what feel I'm like
1: this is gonna be a real mellow gentleman.
0: I'm hoping, which I, is I'm funny. feeling because yeah.
1: I hear Urkel, and I think, "Hi guys!" Wow, like, <laughs> oh, did I, like, I do that? I do that? <laughs> <laughs> like
0: <laughs> purple Urkel. Purple. Um, surprisingly, not a whole lot of Ur- lot, lot of purple in this uh, in this in this bud Well, here. you know
1: what I think? I'm smelling the grape, so I think maybe purple is referring to grape. Well,
0: that could be the case. We'll ask Leafly. The people over there know a whole lot more about weed than we do. We just like to smoke it. Let's take a look, Leafly. What do you got to say about purple Urkel? Were you, uh, were you a fan of Family Matters as a kid?
1: I think, like, it back then when there was only 10 channels, you just watched what was on. You were on. just a fan of things. And uh, the Winslow family, they're the only black family I knew just because I'm from a small town. And I felt like I could trust and respect them. <laughs> and they had real problems <laughs> just like me. Problems.
0: Yeah, man. Well, that is quite, <laughs> that is quite <laughs> the analysis. You—that uh, was your 1st uh, That was your first indoctrination into multiculturalism.
1: And you know what it taught me? That family really does. Matter. Matter.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Well, that coming from uh, the most multicultural <laughs> society on planet Earth, Toronto. Um, Purple Urkel. Ooh. All right. Here we go. Purple Urkel's history is as complex as its flavor palette. I'm really tripped out right now, man. I think Leafly like completely changed their interface here. Am I, am I going crazy? Like... Wow, I'm 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 really tripped out here. This Bear is, with me for a second. No, nope, they didn't. They this didn't is, at all.
1: This is good content.
0: Yeah, almost as good as talking about your first black friends who were uh, who television personalities.
1: You know <laughs> Don't lash out. Don't lash out <laughs> against me. That was gross. <laughs> that was great content.
0: <laughs> Purple Urkel's history is as complex as its flavor palette. A California strain, the origins are believed to stem from a select phenotype of Mendocino Perps. You know. You're in a cool space when you're calling purple's perps. Um, While the essence is a blend of skunk, berry, and fresh grapes. Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. Did you be real with me? Did you check out did you check out Leafly before the show?
1: I checked it out with my nose, and you know what was unkind? What? The distrust that you're setting over here.
0: Dude, I mean like fresh grapes. You nailed it. Let me give you an up top. Well, it, i gotta
1: Can tell you. Did you hear that
0: clap over a- the phone?
1: Anything that is a perp is gonna have some fresh grapes
0: in it. I mean that's that's a possibility. Consumers report the Indica effects to be deeply relaxing, sleep-inducing, and a great option for full body pain. Relief. The short onset of effects make it a perfect nighttime strain for folks who suffer from insomnia. I'm going to be asleep in a couple minutes here. I think. Yeah. I think that's. Uh, this is uh, about the farewell point. It's <laughs> going to do me under as well. Um, um, what are the? Let me get the flavor notes here. Number one is grape. Number two is berry. Number three is sweet. Dan, I think we got to give it to you this week, my friend. I had I had, just, m- I had melon me- in there. So I get I, sad
1: yeah. when there's not like something bizarre. I want to get, like, a hint of nutmeg and, like, a dash of petrol. But you know what? I have a feeling I'm going to be enjoy getting to know this particular nosy neighbor.
0: Yeah, well, we have, uh, we have your, your little beaker bong here, your little pink beaker bong. <laughs> In the last uh, seven days, you couldn't have found us a more manly smoking apparatus. <laughs> I think we think we might need to f- switch over to the Da Vinci IQ next week so I can, I don't know, go home and kiss my wife.
1: Ooh, that is tasty. That is tasty.
0: That is so fresh on the exhale, man. That was like breathing out a f- spring day.
1: I uh, My eyelids immediately got heavy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely um, there's definitely some relaxation whooshing into my eyes here. So talk to me a bit about that flavor. Ooh. You know, it smells like I've just... It, it, sorry, it tastes like I've just bit into the inside of a grape
1: the exhale of that is so so unique and you could really taste on both of them and it's it's not it's not quite as much berry as as i thought it was going to be but a very unique crisp exhale
0: yeah man it's like again it's like and i don't mean to throw it back to the grape but when you bite a grape in half you know when your tongue touches the the soft kind of cold delicious meat flesh. inside you know like flesh. when you're
1: pretending you're a parrot yep. yeah yeah <laughs>
0: i do that often um yeah it, it was like that's what hit my tongue mm. that that kind of freshness as it can boy purple urkel boy purple urkel <laughs> <laughs> did i smoke that
1: you know and i had a fear that there's like have you ever smoked a cheese weed a weed that I tastes like cheese. cheese no it does <laughs> take like ch- taste like cheese and i had a feeling that this was going to be purpley grape and cheesy because the urkel is like i he's going to be like oh fresh cheese like (laughs) who writes this Dude, how often are we doing
0: the urkel voice right now
1: And (laughs) always different (laughs) and like here's what i don't get who what 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 person said there's like we need a neighbor there's always gotta if you gotta sit calm you gotta have like a weird ass neighbor yeah
0: like mr wilson
1: like mr wilson you're ned flanders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh maybe you're tim the Toolman taylor and the neighbor's gimmick is you just that's never mr see wilson his, you just never see his face
0: that's who we're talking about i understand yeah, that fair enough
1: so you're like i like how what's your gimmick oh you don't see his face if you pitch that in my writer's room you're fucking fired yeah, you're finished that's not a good no, gimmick. but they made a it good work gimmick. it's it's not a good gimmick <laughs> but they made it work sure um mm. and it's like
0: but you see the top half of his face. I think that's the that's the funny part. You hear him talking, but you only ever see his eyes.
1: That's right. And the and and does he wearing a hat?
0: He's wearing a tilly so hat.
1: Where this whole thing gets bizarre is when your family is the weird ones. You're oh. less likely to get the weird neighbor. I see. Um. So, for instance, I don't think in Alf, there was like a reoccurring weird neighbor. No, there's some fucking
0: cat eating people situation going on there. Well,
1: Alf is the cat eater champ.
0: They don't all eat cats.
1: They don't all eat cats. Yeah, they had a sitcom in the mid '80s. whose one of their weird quirks is the whole family eats cats. Well,
0: dude, the fucking alien eats yeah, he's cats. An alien. <clears throat>
1: he's alien. He says permission to be fucking uh. weird. You pitch me a show where the whole family eats cats.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> I don't know, dude. We had some. Uh, we had some moments of uh, of cat eating. <laughs> a solid bitch <laughs> get that on the whiteboard put it up there get man Hollywood. Get our creative director in i need a raise you know
1: but full house you got kimmy Gibbler. sure
0: you know kimmy Gibbler. that's her name right there's her last name's winslow full house can you keep up with the conversation oh Gibbler. i don't think that's their name bro kimmy Gibbler. Gibbler. that's like a that's like a thanksgiving uh you mean like a giblet like a giblet yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> the turkey gibblers the turkey gibblers
1: <laughs> and it's like a weird it's a weird it's a weird second name so first,
0: uh, last name second name i don't think anybody says second name
1: you're What's like your... you're like really <laughs> i like how committed you are catching me on something but the promise i've just been so factually just... correct you're like second name gibler <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just nothing. Oh. the straws are here you're grasping you know man. what i love about you endless tenacity pitch me another one
0: pitch you another one about a family that eats cats um yeah i mean i think that you know we want to go full uh full space trilogy like soap opera like yeah, space but why opera why do they eat cats because um that's the only way that you can get away with eating cats is if it's in space Oh, they, they moved specifically to space Listen, for su- their love of cat eating. Listen, man, if you're going to hate on Earth, then why not it's take a, it to the stars? It's a sequel
1: to ALF. ALF leaves and like, ALF, now that you left, we have no cover for our cat eating. <laughs> we need to join you in space at, here's a deep cut, the planet is called Melmac.
0: The Melmac? That's
1: the, <laughs> that's the planet. That's the planet ALF is
0: from. Melmac? And, uh, Sounds like a fucking industrial cleaner. <laughs>
1: Uh, double strength melmac get that melmac on there there's
0: some fungi showing so
1: melmac removes fungi it's a eh? fungi remover what color is melmac
0: melmac is uh, a purpley yellow i get (laughs) it's like i can uh,
1: imagine a purpley yellow right now (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's like there's there's like purple particulates in there, but uh-huh. there's a yellow there's a coating of yellow petrol. It's
1: part of the it's part of the the mixture. So once upon a time, um, when I left one of my jobs as a as a young man, um, uh, as a present as a going away present, um, one of the managers bought me an Alf plushie, and it was funny because she's like because he looks like you.
0: That's that's not a compliment at all.
1: It's not. That's
0: not even a fond memory. But
1: that's, I took it like I took it as a compliment. Oh, you felt good about it. I was like, you know what? Kind of.
0: <laughs> Brown snout. Yeah, cat it, eater. Tanned. When I say that. Yeah. I think Dank Dan.
1: Furry from the shoulder to the lower knuckle. I'm actually not that furry, but that's uh, just there's God, something. Thank there. God. I feel like if if uh, st- if. Uh, stay with me. If Chevy Chase and Alf and uh, the guy who plays Anigo um, Montoya from The Princess Bride, they all had a love child. And that maybe, would be you. Maybe Skeet Altrich in there, too. Sure. That, that would be me.
0: Okay. Alright. That's a lot of uh, man-on-man love childing.
1: Well, it's just, like, because I look like men because I'm a man. So, like, if sure. I had to put one out for you, if they took Fred Durst...
0: Fuck off. Fred Durst. <laughs> i'm wearing a hat is that where you got fred durst from the it's genetics of the genetics wearing. of fred durst passed down hat to hat
1: so let me rhyme off the facts red hat you're wearing backwards big forehead beard an asshole oh there you go now we've now we've got it and now we've nailed it and it's funny because i was using all that time to try and stall for another one um ben stein ben.
0: <laughs> Win Ben Stein's money. I get that i for sure. That makes perfect sense. And
1: give me a third one, buddy. You throw throw your own flavor in here. Uh, think?
0: I think uh, I think we go with Jay Leno.
1: I would you, I would say Val Kilmer as the as the <laughs> third one. Val
0: Kilmer. I don't even know where I went with Jay. But Jay Leno was no, so really self-deprecating. So I don't have I, a I don't I, have a big chin. I don't, nothing Jay Leno about sh- me.
1: You don't have a high voice. I scratched off where you wrote Jay Leno. And I just rode over. it.
0: I was going for a big personality, and right. uh, and I landed squarely in the sand.
1: Yeah, and I think for the third, fourth and final Al Borlin.
0: I don't know who that is
1: from Tool. You referenced Tool Time, not me.
0: Uh oh, Al, Al Borlin, yeah, Al, gotcha. No, no clue, no from,
1: clue. <laughs> from uh, from so uh, on the fictitious show, Tim Allen also has a show. His character has a show called Tool Time. Right, because he wants to cement in Hollywood's mind. Not he's so good at having a show. His characters have shows. Sure. There you go. That's how that's just a show. His range.
0: Speaking of shows. Fuck! No transition there, without any grace, transitioning (laughs) into we should play a game, Dan. Let's play a game now that Purple Urkel has settled in. I gotta say, I am way more fucking energetic right now than I should be on an indicator. It was was right
1: there.
0: Did you You mix a little bit of fucking methamphetamine in this? And then we're
1: talking about games. Game show is right
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) Game show is right there. Game show is right there. Dude, I am very uplifted. I'm feeling like relaxed in my body, but also I've got some excitement in me. That's good. And I think you know what. After your grind of a work week, I feel like it's brought out a little life in you.
1: Weed. You, do you think it's brought me back? I
0: think it's brought you back. Weed the healer. You Weed. know
1: what? I think you're right. It has resurrected me somewhat. Yes. I'm a new man.
0: Yes. It, there's resing, there's, there's erecting. There's all sorts of we things going We should play. Resurrecting. A,
1: a sharp match of John McEnroe style tennis. And that is John McEnroe. It's like normal tennis, except just with like a lot of inappropriate cussing.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Or I got another game for us. Why okay. don't we play Twenty Questions? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 20 ding, 20 ding, questions. ding, ding, yeah. ding. Let's go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've already earned an E rating. Let's not get like an E triple X rating. Yeah, good call. Good iTunes call. said yes though, so we're okay.
1: So Twenty Questions. Um, so like.
0: So y- so per- here's how it's gonna go. Let me let me give you the rules yeah. to expedite this. You're, you get twenty questions. Sure. To deduce one video game related per person, place, or thing that I'm gonna come up with. Okay. Okay? So you've got 20 questions to deduce it. I'm going to tell you if it's a person, a place, or a thing. Yeah. You ask questions. You've got six seconds Kay. to I'm ask each sequential I'm question. I'm going
1: to hold up my fingers mm-hmm. for the questions. Mm-hmm. We'll loop it for mm-hmm. for 20. And uh, uh, w- let me know when you have it, and I'll ask you person, place, uh, or thing. Yeah, give
0: me a second. Give me a second. Let me pick it up. Got it. I'm there.
1: Okay. Um, is this thing on Earth?
0: It is not.
1: Not on Earth. Um, okay. Like on
0: our Earth? Or on a planet,
1: so Earth revolves. Or uh, sorry, no, bro. It, <laughs> Earth Earth refers to this planet. This
0: planet, not on Earth.
1: Okay, but you've also let me now. Ah, I not going side. in. You've got six seconds. Get your ass in gear. It's a terrestrial. No, no, Listen, no. Listen, it's a you. Well, you just said an Earth. I did. So, there you go. It is a terrestrial something.
0: Okay. Um, is a real place. Uh no.
1: Okay, is it from a movie? Uh no. From a video game. Yes. Um, are you currently playing that video game? No. Um. Is it a um from a shooter? No. Is it from this decade?
0: Uh, from this decade? No. Um, you got thirteen questions uh, remaining. I, I can am, see I you I counting. I'm just I'm just letting the, uh, do, the letting the folks at home don't know. Don't tell me the question. Letting the folks at home know. Don't
1: put the heat on me. Don't put the heat on me. This
0: has become the most confrontational game of twenty questions of all time.
1: <laughs> um. So uh. Uh, so let's say, see, the, pr- the problem is, is, I forget where we are at with the, what I already know, but I'm just going to keep it free. Keep wheeling. it real, bro. Keep it Lots real. Lots of things happening. You know Did that I it's play? not on Earth. That's what you know. Is it on know. a Nintendo system? Yes. Um, was there a lot of flying in it, in a ship of some kind?
0: <laughs> Oddly specific, no. I
1: was just checking if it's Star Fox, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel
0: you. You always got to go for Star Fox when Nintendo's involved.
1: Space planet. Yes, on Nintendo, you
0: said. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, Space Planet. I'm just saying that it wasn't on this Earth. You asked me if it was on Earth or not. So, like, not is, on Earth. Is
1: it in this solar system?
0: No. But that doesn't mean so it's you're in space. So you're fucking me up with that question. I'll give you an extra bonus question, just because. But when you when you ask me, is it on Earth? The answer is no, Infer nothing else.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, is this is this a did you did I say person, place, or thing?
0: <laughs> we started with person, place, Man, or thing. It was the bonus. It's a place.
1: Did you say place? St- <laughs> You're fucking me up. Is it fictitious? It's
0: Obviously. <laughs> it's in a video game. Not on this planet. <laughs> yeah, it's fictitious, bro. Okay, you have eleven questions remaining. Do I really? Yeah, you do. Um,
1: you okay, do. great. <laughs> Get in so, there. Um, Back
0: in the ring, Tiger. Ding, uh, ding, ding.
1: Is it? Is it? Uh, was it first in a video game?
0: was it first in a video yeah, is it, 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 was it, it is it an original property in a video game yes so
1: yeah the first, first instance it, of it is in a yes. video game um, 10 questions is it the hero's homeworld?
0: is it the hero's home world is it a planet in other words no it's not it's not a, not a hero's home world no
1: um, okay so it, it's more granular than that and it's not on earth that's so right you've you've made this one really We're, easy we got 9 so questions we've, we've got it narrowed down to fictitious
0: places that aren't real in a Nintendo game.
1: Uh, that's obvious. Then, um, did Mario go there?
0: no. Um, no.
1: Did any of the characters on Super Smash Brothers yes. go
0: there? Eight questions remaining.
1: Oh, uh, is it Samus?
0: No. Okay. Seven. Is it? Um.
1: It's a, um. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Nah.
0: Nah. If you go through the whole cast, you're fucked. You got to narrow it down a bit th-
1: more. You are so correct about that. Yeah. Um. It's like the possible characters are Captain Falcon, Uh, none of the Mario cast. Sure. I'm just talking out loud here. Um, uh, is it? Is it? We is can it, talk through the is cast is it, of it, characters is it, together. No, is it from a fantasy setting?
0: Yes. So is it Hyrule? Yes. You've got five questions left. Dun, 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 dun. No, it's in Hyrule. It's more specific
1: than Hyrule? Rule? Yes. Okay, K- Kriko. F- no, because that would be from where he's from. So it's got to be. Na- how
0: do you narrow this down? We're in Hyrule.
1: Well, I'm deducing as we speak.
0: You're de- you're dropping a deduce. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a temple? Yes.
1: Is it a shitty temple? Yes. It's the water temple. It's the
0: water temple, (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker. He's got it. Water temple. God bless you, sir. God bless (laughs) you. Look at you. You were like, I can't get this. It's too granular. And you Uh, nailed it in three questions, motherfucker.
1: How many do I have to spare?
0: You have two left or one left. I don't know. But you're you're good. But
1: you know, my last two questions are, really?
0: (laughs) You're a piece of shit, but I like it. Really? There's both of them. You got them both in there. Good for you, Dan. Good for you.
1: Now, will you be congratulating all the winners of this game by
0: calling them a piece of shit? Yes, (laughs) uh, a motherfucking piece of shit. I love it. Yeah, but congratulations. I'm glad that you got the 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 best question in that one was, is it a shitty temple? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Andy,
1: I want you to know from the beginning, I had no confidence in my ability to to nail that one down. Yep. Uh, And I'm glad that you let my indignance, my general indignance, get me a bonus question. Yes. I love that. I
0: love that. You didn't even you. use it. You, w- you would have had only one really. At the it end.
1: emotionally made me feel better. It was that. In the middle, I grifted you for a question, and then he gave it to me. And uh, but that was a good. That was a good uh, thing to pick.
0: Yeah, that the water a- temple. Because you know, listen, we're talking. We're talking a list game. We're talking not too obvious. You got to do a little digging. You got to get there quickly enough to get to the temples. But you know, the water temple. It's a pretty iconic level there, especially because we all fucking hated it.
1: Right. It's um, the one you remember because <laughs> of trauma.
0: Yeah, really traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah, real bad.
1: It's like, it's when the game makes and you... And by the way,
0: I had the Prima Guide, and it still fucking sucked. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: So when a game makes you gut check yourself and be like, I love this game, but do I continue to play this? And I guarantee more save games were like on the dialed water on... temple, <laughs> dialed right in. <laughs> that if it was a VHS tape, here's a deep cut, that part in the film would be like worn out. And
0: that's yeah, where it oh yeah. would break. It's like every... And those are the places where like, nope. Sorry, Link, no, you're on your own. Yep, peace. Good luck. Uh, we're never getting that greatsword, 100%. Yeah. Listen, we did give it a good run.
1: I'm sure Zelda's got this covered. <laughs> I'm sure she's got it covered,
0: my dude. We've got enough, uh, we've got enough lullabies to last us a century, uh, which is how long you'll be in the water temple. So um, High Times ran an article on 10 reasons why weed is safer than alcohol. I know that alcohol is uh, more dangerous than weed. You know that, but maybe some people need, uh, need some reasons to understand why. You should be smoking the reefer instead of
1: uh, uh, uh,
0: gurgling the jimmy. He,
1: here's here's my point up the top of this thing. You've never heard of anyone who's like it told a story. that's like, oh, yeah, I smoked a joint and then just definitely stabbed someone after.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that in just a second. The number 10 I had to laugh at real hard because it says will not lead to weight gain. <laughs> that's the number. ten. So, uh. They said alcohol by itself isn't a total calorie bomb, but it adds up very quickly. You're drinking multiple drinks in a night. Um, all doctors agree that excess weight is unhealthy, and you know apparently drinking too many vodka creams can, can make you fat. Let me tell you what can make you fat. Smoking some weed and eating nine cheeseburgers, <laughs> and I've done it. I've done the legwork, man. I don't think I've ever smoked some weed and decided that I wasn't hungry.
1: Now, let, let me let me ask a question. That scenario, was it the weed that got you fat, or was it the cheeseburgers? Oh,
0: we're, we're talking cheeseburgers. Right,
1: because the calorie count on uh, that OG, what is that, a gram?
0: Yeah, but that's like blaming the car for a DUI, my friend.
1: Like, blaming the car for the DUI? I like what you did there. fair point.
0: Weed will make you fat if you don't isolate yourself from the most delicious foods on we earth. Weed will
1: take you to the gates of fat town yes and it's up to you
0: to like spring through them but they're right there dude weed welcomes you into its home and says can i get you nine cheeseburgers weed is the smell of
1: pizza just finishing in the oven (laughs) you're like like you could not have pizza but good fucking luck yeah
0: no kidding like real story in a car one time um friend was driving of course and uh, i was starving because we had just smoked a big old bowl and um I thought to myself, you know, I don't really want to order, you know, an embarrassing amount of food in front of a friend. People are watching. Right. Yeah, people are watching. You know, I'm not going to, like, order two cheeseburgers because that's fat. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute. What if I make it an event? What if I make it like a live action presentation? What if I amp the uh, the the level up so high that it goes from that's an upsetting amount of food that you've eaten, friend, to what a spectacle! Yeah, I can't bang! believe
1: this is happening, and I'm here. Yeah,
0: man, that's a YouTube sensation all over it. So I uh, I was gonna order nine cheeseburgers, but that you know whole conversation happened in my head over the period of thirty minutes. By the time we got to McDonald's, I, Pretty much ordered the same thing that everyone else <laughs> ordered <laughs> and then quietly ate it in the corner.
1: And, you know, somewhere deep inside, you'd felt like you'd eaten those other eight burgers in the planning of that, <laughs> that tactical strike.
0: Yeah, man, 100 percent, 100 percent. So, uh, yeah, high times. Don't know about that one. Doesn't cause blackouts. That's true. Have you ever blacked out on weed, Dan? No one has. Um,
1: Yeah, but it, it was a it was like a whodunit party and. Listen, man, we can smoke off as off.
0: many bongs as you want. Yeah, there's no way I can get your pants off <laughs> <Not if laughs> after I didn't. you've laid down not, for a nice not, sleep. Not if I hadn't already like loosened them heavily. <laughs> oh man, not associated with violence. Very good point. Right. I never want to hurt anybody when no. I'm stoned. Never. No. no, it just doesn't bring that out in. If
1: you. it was necessary, you'd open up your date book and and reschedule the violence. Yeah, you would. You're say, like, listen, like, oh, I
0: do have to rough Tim up. Oh, we have beef, but I'd prefer to consume some beef right, right. now.
1: Right. Hey, hey, Tim, I'm gonna punch you on Thursday, okay?
0: <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Good Can talk. you do
1: that? Can you do that? For, I know. I promise.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I you know, gang violence. Don't get it, because lots of those folks are into the Chiba. But how do you how do you gat someone down when you're uh when you're on the reefer? Well, number
1: one, racist. Number two What, what the a, a, what? excuse accurate. me?
0: Excuse me? What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't take it there.
1: <laughs> no, okay. Um, so uh I think it's one of those things that
0: Don Corleone and, smokes the Chiba too.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't do it with a gat.
0: <laughs> he does it with a with a grade A gat.
1: He'll tell another man to hit that man for him. Get it until, out there.
0: Until he stops moving. Give me that gun. Give me the, uh, Excuse me. Give me the gat. Bring it out, brat. Uh, Brett, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Gang violence. It is what it is. Um, no hangovers. So true. So true. Uh,
1: incorrect. Weed hangover is a thing. I disagree. Is a thing. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Even if I didn't shotgun that pizza. I would still have had a weed
0: hangover. I 100% disagree with you. I think that every time I've ever woken up feeling like shit after a night of weed, it's because of ten pizzas. That's mm. the only reason. Mm-hmm. I, I, I and I can say this because I've been at you know um, out partying at trade shows, have uh, have foregone the alcohol, and um, smoked myself just. Silly, just an excessive amount of cannabis. Woken up the next day, ready to roll. You I know, th- I ready think to crisp you up. Are
1: just a masterful specimen.
0: I, I don't think so, man. I don't. I don't. So high time says no. It doesn't cause hangovers.
1: You know what, we- guys? Get at us on Twitter. Do you get a weed hangover? Is there a
0: weed hangover? I don't think so. But you know what? Maybe uh, maybe the people will side with Dank Dan, even after he threw me under the bus, insinuating racism. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> motherfucker. Fewer car accidents. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Um, decreased risk of injury. You
1: know, fewer car accidents. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Reasons why um, a lot of the big uh, alcohol um, conglomerates like uh, Einhauser, Bush, and um, a number of them—I may have said that name wrong—but are getting uh, diversifying into different weed products because they are fully aware of two facts: it's a burgeoning market into the U.S., and that as marijuana sales go up, alcohol sales go down, mm-hmm. and conversely, also auto accidents, obviously, because alcohol does contribute to that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so they—they're aware that not only will could weed eat their lunch but it eat their lunch and then take a portion of di- dinner taking their market and what they what they do at the same time you know
0: you know here's the thing i don't know the world of frivolous lawsuits i'm sure there's plenty of folks who have levied lawsuits at companies like anheuser busch for you know killing a family member in a drunk driving accident or something like that i'm mm-hmm. sure it's happened mm-hmm. i wonder if there's some sort of insurance that they pay for this kind of instance where they would actually be decreasing the amount of insurance they'd have to pay if they diversified into a product, so that their mix was like fifty percent increases your risk of you know an accident and fifty percent not. I don't know. Be, it's an interesting question. Um, it's it, when
1: cars were first being proliferated through the U.S. and uh, you know eventually somebody's going to get hit by a car. You know, especially because they're they're kind of new and they're starting to move faster. It's not a Model T going mm. fifteen kilometers. You know, it's a, a you know a twenty eight you know Ford that's doing forty, and uh they the way they the the car manufacturers tried to spin it the first time people people were getting hit and suing um was that it was the pedestrian's fault, sure, and that's actually why jaywalking laws were originally put on the books to blame that person crossing the road because you know if you just look at the facts and uh you know a person operated a vehicle down the road and and hit someone who was walking down the street which streets originally were for people and carts you know what i mean sure. the the cars slow takeover of the thoroughfare has been gradual and then complete so they back then the liability was very much on the person who did the hitting which is the car owner mm-hmm. so they worked really hard to put it on to
0: put it um, on the, the person
1: getting getting smacked by the car and so you'll you've you'll see this in in, uh, in uh, you see this replicated in in uh, and the uh, the alcohol manufacturers as well they, they put the onus on the drinker and you know personal responsibility like let's yeah for
0: sure here. i mean i i mean if i were to arbitrate these things it would be the same but yeah no it's a, it's an interesting question um let me see here there is no risk of addiction so i heard a quote and i think it was uh, i'm about to botch it um weed is only a, is is addictive as are most things that are worth doing often or something like Mm. that. And it makes a lot of sense. It's like, you know, there's habitual smokers out there. Um, Contrary to the fact that we're doing a weed and video games podcast, you know, I'm not an obscene smoker. I would put myself at a pretty casual level of indulgence, right? And, um, you know, I mean, to me, I've never once felt the cruel sting of addiction uh, that comes with something like, for example, tobacco. Mm. Old, you know, ex-smoker, smoked for four or five years, um, so obviously not for any length of time. And yet quitting was a real bear. You know, you feel it inside you like you feel hunger, right? A real craving for something. Um, And when they say craving, they don't mean like it's something you can swat away. It consumes your mind, your thoughts. There's headaches. There's physical sensations involved. Addiction is a really powerful thing. I have never once in my many years of smoking the reefer felt those feelings or approached anything even close to that
1: i you know i think you're right and that's my experience too i wonder though if there are some smokers like if there's levels of this thing and there's variability if you have an addictive personality and maybe you tend to be chemically you get chemically addicted some stuff because I was scrolling through some articles today, and take it for what you you will. But the art the headline was yes, weed withdrawal is a real thing and it's serious. And I had to ask myself, did the, if the title has to be that forceful, is it really a real thing or is it like for some people like kind of? Yeah,
0: that's that's kind oh. of it's for for some people footnote.
1: But you know what, I'd say one percent.
0: Yeah. One percent. Yeah. Well, and and you know, being an alcoholic is a real thing um and a, a tragic thing and a really challenging thing to defeat and and you know not to say that uh, all people who consume alcohol are in danger of becoming alcoholics i think there's mm-hmm. some other elements involved but yeah man i uh, it's very clear that the the line between alcohol and uh, and cannabis um is heavily weighted in yeah. the direction of alcohol for addiction
1: yeah if you picture in your head you know uh your your stereotypical alcoholic or your stereotypical person a little bit too much weed you know neither is ideal yeah but sure. one's a lot easier to manage <laughs> yeah
0: no doubt not associated with brain damage alcohol hurts your brain weed doesn't hurt your brain not
1: great for the ra- the brain cells anything that dehydrates you in general isn't great for them but uh yeah it uh it's funny they find that a little bit of alcohol is good for clearing out senescent cells sure so in your heart and in if i'm remembering correctly, renal, your renal system, because it challenges weak cells and the weak cells are like, You're right, I am on the way <laughs> and they get cleared Jeez. out. It's called the senescent effect. But it's one of those things, two drinks, you're on point, ten drinks, you've you removed. yourself. Yeah, right sorry. You've got on the other
0: side of that bell curve. Well the cool thing about weed is that not only does it not damage your brain, but it's also being used in treatments like for folks with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. There's some brain reparation and you know your your brain is actually designed to receive cannabinoids. Right. There's there's specific receptors in your brain that um, that are I, ex- I just said it. Let me repeat it. Designed to receive cannabinoids. Right. right? Yeah. There
1: are, there's mechanisms in your brain that that deal specifically with that as a as a neurochemical. And that says something. Yeah. The word I think that, that they use is, is it's treated almost endogenous. Does your brain make cannabinoids? Yes. I think it does. Yes, it does. So it's an endogenous chemical in many ways. I mean, um,
0: I can't listen, man whether you're a man of religion or not you can't sit there and think to yourself your body responds pretty darn well to this herb god put it on the planet maybe smoke it yeah it's yeah. there to consume
1: yeah some some coevolution is is certainly and it speaks to us yeah you, man uh, to humans you, you can certainly tell um in terms of the brain that the alzheimers is that confirmed with studies or is that uh, something people are just saying it's
0: being used uh, in I'm sorry, I didn't dive any deeper, so no I won't problem. make any claims, no but you know, no they're problem. allegedly being used in, in treatment of Alzheimer's. Mm. Not linked to major diseases. And finally, you cannot overdose. Now listen, hear me out. I've smoked too much reefer in my day. There's been moments and times when, uh, when I've gone a little bit too deep, gotten a little bit dizzy, gone to bed. Right. That that happens sometimes. And let's be real. It's a it's an actual thing, especially if you're not used to cannabis and the feeling that, you know, that it can kind of bring to your body. You can get paranoid and that paranoia can lead to adrenaline and that adrenaline can lead to an elevated heart rate. And that elevated heart rate can lead to you in your high brain tripping out and thinking you're having a heart attack. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and, in no different than anxiety can be present when you're about to get on stage and you can't talk, you know, Um, with alcohol. What happens is when you consume too much, you die.
1: It's on the table. It's
0: on the table. I mean, that's the thing. You know, alcohol poisoning is uh, a pretty serious thing. Yeah. It actually kills people, literally kills people. Oh, sure. And it's it's not that challenging to get there. It's not that challenging to get there, especially for a young body. You know... uh (laughs) Young body, the the look in Dank Dan's it's eyes. It's a when sliding
1: <laughs> scale, right? Because like young body. two drunk goes ranges every there from like like giving a Scottish or an Irish goodbye where you just leave without telling anybody, and then like it goes on a sliding scale, and after that it's like vomited in the back of an Uber. Do you know what I mean? Got naked and fell asleep in a ditch, or like uh, hit ten people with the car.
0: Yeah, and then the the next phase and then is death. Death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, it's nothing to laugh about. Like, it's a really serious issue, right. especially again, young people, um, probably a little bit more prone to alcohol poisoning. Let's be real. Lower body weights. You haven't had enough cheeseburgers in your life uh, to you and, know.
1: And certainly uh, in America, uh, North America as a whole, where. People don't have as much experience with alcohol, so it's not like a sliding knowledge of alcohol. So they go deep when they hit – in the States, 21 before you can drink – and so it's such a taboo, and it's been held back for so long. You're just like, yeah, and they go for it. Because there's a, a drinking culture, I think, yeah. in that age, especially in the U.S., whereas in Europe, because there you have access to alcohol at a younger age, and it's something that's enjoyed with the family. Sure. It doesn't
0: have that taboo. That, yeah, it's not I want to get it, man. Yeah,
1: and then we're there, and we're free, and your, your first experiences with, al- or with alcohol are not under any supervision. They're with your
0: pee Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over, Sonny. Let me pour you. Let me you a tell gl- you about the time I <laughs> got punched Hitler. <laughs> For sure. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's true. It's like, I mean, listen, I didn't grow up in a European household. I don't know what that indoctrination process into the world of having a glass of wine at dinner looks like, but I imagine it's a little bit different than, you know, being, uh, speaking from my personal experience, 14 and drinking, you know. 26 ounces of really cheap whiskey because, A, I didn't know how much I needed to drink to get drunk and, B, it was there, so I thought I might as well drink it. Um, q you know, three days of a hangover (laughs) later and some very near... serious situations the night of it's it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that alcohol can be a real dangerous thing for our youth and cannabis eh, maybe not as dangerous well you know not I, suggesting I, that you know i tend youths to begin to ingest cannabis that's not what i'm going for but yeah. you know what i'm saying
1: i tend to agree with you you know there's a, a danger <laughs> for for being too young and and i think smoking consistently habitually because sure. I, it can um, slow your brain's development down. Yeah. Um. As a young person, and that really solidifies around when you're 25. Yeah. So I think occasionally, as a young person, it's not so serious. Again, just
0: speaking from our own personal experience. Completely. Like, you know,
1: yeah. Exactly. No. Um, no in- inference
0: or, or suggestion here.
1: Right. And it, you know, that's just that's just uh, you know an element there. And I, I had a bad experience with whiskey as well as a young man. Same story. Cheap whiskey at 26er, and I remember actually asking my doctor, I was like. It's two months later, and when I burp, I swear that I can still taste whiskey on my breath. Is right. that humanly possible? <laughs> and he's like, "Not, no." <laughs> and I'm like, and even after he said, it, "I'm like, you're a doctor," I was like, "It is. It's possible. This is happening." <laughs> I still taste the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I get you. So, so listen, I think, I think what you know, the reason that I was so interested in this article is because, um. I didn't have a particularly strong relationship to uh, to alcohol or to cannabis when I was growing up. You know, with uh, listen, t- teenagers experiment with substances. Um, I was no different, but I didn't go deep on either of them. That all being said, when we're talking about the relative safety of uh, you know of substances like cannabis or or alcohol, you know what comes to mind is young people, because in my humble opinion folks who are 20 in their 20, you know, mid 20s and and on can make their own decisions about how to regulate substances in their body. What I'm concerned about is, you know, young folks. And again, not suggesting in any way that it's appropriate or a good thing for younger people to be consuming cannabis, and at the same time, I know that for my rights, I would far prefer the situation to be they were consuming cannabis than alcohol cuz alcohol good chance of death there.
1: Yeah. And I think I think it comes down to like interacting with young people in a way that they know what it is. Like we, uh, there, you always hear this th- argument thrown out there and it's they They mock it on the Simpsons. It's, you know, what about the children, the children who is going to think about the children well, we have grown up talks about, you know, to children about uh, booze and sex. And if we can't do that with everything else, like bleach under the sink and weed, like that just falls in one of those things. You have a conversation with your, kids about sure
0: you yeah, know
1: and, and you know to pretend like it's just gonna be open season and suddenly it's gonna be you know a huge issue it's like well no it'll actually bring it into this area where you can actually have a, a grown-up conversation about it
0: 100 percent um and you know listen you know, there's there's also the conversation about how do you or wh- and what what's the um what's the onus on parents to be uh, making sure that their kids don't accidentally get into weed because edibles are a thing. Right. and you know there recently i think the state of oh, i want to say the, the good old state of denver <laughs> the state of colorado um outlawed or banned the uh, the creation of of edibles in the shape of gummy bears i want to say and you know i was actually listening to another cannabis related podcast and they were talking about how silly it was that you know the shape of gummy bears was being uh, was being ousted and you know parents should just the onus should be on them to lock lock up their cannabis for sure that's the case For sure, the onus should be on the parents. I also, you know, I just don't agree with creating uh, cannabis and THC into, um, you know, into treats that look exactly like children's candy.
1: In terms of going too deep, too, like, I want a cube. I want, like, a measured cube. I want to know exactly what I'm getting, you know, because... I also uh, don't want
0: to mistake it for my actual gummy bears. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be a handful away from, like, blasting off into deep outer space. Because you can only go so deep smoking flour or even doing shatter but uh in terms of adjusting it and it getting processed by your liver that's where it really really is uh a uh, 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 too much yeah you can get too high and you won't know till it's too late like you do and the it'll rookie last move, a long you eat a cookie, time you're like i didn't feel anything i eat a second cookie you don't didn't feel anything so i ate two more and then you're just on venus <laughs> you know just, what i mean looking at the oh. shivering eye of the universe and you're like oh, too deep. I've gone way too deep. I've, I've yeah. made a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, to sign off on that question, or really that statement, or really that conversation, wow, there's some things said. Um, <laughs> too high. Too and, high. Almost and, it, and almost made it. Saw, the finish, saw line the finish line. and uh, Oh, yes. It. Here's my point. My point was, my point was, <laughs> my point was, you cannot smoke enough weed to kill you. No, God guys, bless. Not, a <laughs> not a challenge. Not a challenge. Not a challenge. Not a challenge. Don't <laughs> don't go for that and be oh like, psych. Yeah. Listen, Dan. Before we wrap this thing up, top five coolest video game bosses you've ever faced. Go. <coughs> uh, Number five, uh,
1: Sephiroth in Final uh, Fantasy VII. No, and you would think that, but I'm thinking Kingdom uh, Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, exactly. nice choice. Nice yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Sephiroth and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I'm gonna go with ooh, tough, tough one, tough one. Uh. I'm gonna go with the Metal Gear Rex. Is it at the end of Metal Gear Solid?
1: Yeah, that's a really, really, really solid.
0: No, is that Rex? No, is that just?
1: Well, yeah, Rex is 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 the or is one. That Sons of Liberty? Rex think? is the one from the Shadow Moses incident because it stands like a like a. Well,
0: whatever the whatever the whatever the big mechanized um you know mech, <laughs> the big mechanized mech right. that I that don't remember that one. <laughs> liquid, that Liquid Snake is in at the end of Metal Gear Solid. Cool fight. Cool oh, fight.
1: very very cool fight. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Bald Bill at the end of um, Double Dragon. He's mm. slight. It's like the scale of big. Double bosses, Dragon.
0: What is that on? Uh,
1: super or uh, normal Nintendo? Normal first, Nintendo. But the arcade cabinet, actually, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it takes the like the idea of like you got this huge end boss. He's the whole screen. Bald Bill is normally is literally like twice as thick as you and your brother. Mm-hmm. Double Dragoning it, and you're like he's just a. A bigger, stronger guy. <laughs> you're like, okay.
0: Nice. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to give my number four to Bongo Bongo. Throw it back to Zelda, Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. uh, in the Shadow Temple. Big hands. You're fighting him on a drum and yet he's still... like, let, Dude, you're fighting the guy on a big drum and yet he's still scary. Scary as all get out. You know, Bongo it, Bongo.
1: Is its it, is it too much. I think we've already touched on the Metal Gear series, but Psycho Mantis.
0: Psycho Mantis. Hell yeah! Unplug that controller, friend. Put it in port two.
1: Port number two. He reads your memory card. Yeah. And talks about video games that you've played by Konami and makes predictions like based on that, and also how you've played the game up to that point. Like for instance, when I played it, he says you're a very cautious man because I have not fallen into any of the pit traps to that point and hadn't died.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, I'm drawing a blank on number three. I just went deep into the conversation of what you were just saying. Why don't you give us a number Uh, (laughs) three? A surprise
1: number three? I mean, is Bowser?
0: Uh, Bowser from what, though? There's so many incarnations Uh, of Bowser. Super
1: Nintendo, Super Mario World. Oh, yeah, the original. Wait a
0: minute, the the, the original.
1: Super Nintendo game. Oh, sorry. He's he's in that that, uh, upside down helicopter. He's Mm -hmm. throwing bombs down. He's booming around. It's an easy fight, but it's just iconic
0: and Mm -hmm. fun. Oh, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Doctor Robotnik at the beginning of the first uh, Green Hill Zone on Sonic Two. I want to say it is. Is that the one where he's flying in his little um, whatever it is, his little robotic spaceship, and he's got this swinging ball underneath? Now this is a nostalgia pick because I was stuck. I remember I remember literally <laughs> calling my I was so young calling my dad at work. To ask him how I could beat Doctor Robotnik, not having any idea in my mind that a he'd never played a video game in his life, b he was trying to make a living, and c <laughs> <laughs> he just he didn't even know what I was talking about. But uh, I remember being so frustrated with this thing at a young age that I just could not uh, could not get through it. When I finally realized you had to jump through the chain. Without hitting the ball that Robotnik was swinging back and forth to get to the other platform, so that you could gen- then jump up and hit him on the head. That was uh, that was a little bit of video gaming magic for my young self.
1: Oh man, that that sounds that sounds epic. Um, I gotta finish it
0: off. No, nope, you're at number two.
1: Oh, I'm at number two, and then I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. I um, took it right away from you. Boom. No, and I think I was losing it anyway. Um, anything, anything. Oh, you you can't have a list like this without M buys it.
0: M. Bison. Talk uh, from, to me about M. Bison. From
1: Street Fighter 2. Oh, with um, the pauldrons. Yeah. With the epaulettes. Pauldrons, epaulettes. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Very. And it, he does a Psycho Driver, he which He looks is, like a valet.
0: He looks like... You're going to park looks, your car. He
1: looks like a Gorbachev's valet. Gorbachev's valet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. It's great a fair point.
1: Great emboss uh, music. He is ruthless. He will devastate you the first couple tries. He's very hard in the arcade.
0: Hard in the arcade sounds like a sounds like a sounds like what they write on the police report. <laughs> Hard in the
1: you know what I you know have realized
0: is that like I think we we kind of saved our best bosses for up front, <laughs> and now that we're getting to two and one, we probably should have written something down. Give me your best boss, your best boss fight of all time. Um, I, I like
1: your ultimate. It's on so many scales there that that question lands on the, <laughs> the ultimate, ultimate ever boss fight. Um. Mm, 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 mm a God of war. Okay. Uh, the, the, where you fight Zeus at the end and you finish him off by driving a giant, just a gigantic sword through his chest. Nice. Um, it, you grow power Rangers style, you know, uh, 9,000 stories high and Mm. fight Zeus and finish him off uh, with his own sword. That's, that's pretty epic.
0: Yeah. Not bad. Not bad for me. So apologies. I have to go with world of Warcraft. I'm I'm sorry. It's, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah um the deathwing fight so deathwing oh, yeah ma- yep, major boss of the uh the th- third fourth expansion called cataclysm right yep. it, so, paint it in, in your mind big giant fucking dragon right you start off with some introductory boss fights to get up to this desk this deathwing thing so just a couple kind of generic boss fights then you land on his back All right. You land on his back. You're trying to rip up. He's so big that you're trying to rip up his scales that you can get underneath and start pummeling his soft, fleshy bits. Right. you finally get that going. He falls into the maelstrom, which is this giant like whirlpool in the center of the world that like sucks him down into eternity. And you're like, oh, great. We just defeated him. No, he claws himself out of that with the on the, I don't know, some psychedelic wave of the old gods. He's got tendrils erupting out of his wings. You've got multiple platforms that you need to jump across, which by the way, platforming, not a thing in World of Warcraft. So you've got this interesting dynamic where you're jumping around, trying to beat up different parts of him. He's this massive boss that's appearing before you as like a colossal gargantuan thing and by the time you finally take him down you get to convene with like the five superpowers of that universe that uh, that you know have have laid him to rest and subsequently lost their powers at the same time deathwing my favorite boss so
1: part. like mario right at the end you just run you just <laughs> oh. run at bowser you jump over and you hit the axe Done. right in the lava
0: there you go that's it that's it way to bookend that all right, thank you for joining us for Purple Dungeon Squid this week. Listener questions or games you would like us to play, fire off a message to dungeonsquid at gmail.com.
1: And, uh, you know, you could recommend the podcast to the friend if you, like, really liked it. Or, you know, don't. I'm not your dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, I'm too high. Too high. Too high. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Instagram, at purpledungeonsquid. i feel just growling at the audience is the way to go (laughs) finish it (laughs) oh man you packed a fuller bowl than usual until next time keep it dank friends and if it
1: ain't sticky it's game over
0: fuck i am high